You had a page of notes from your time here to reference back as to what bothers a Nick Saban coach team. What's on the backside of that piece of paper to tell you about today? Well, let's hope we, we didn't run out of pages. So here we go. Get your popcorn ready. Well, what's the big thing? <laughs> Whoa. What's up, bitches? It's your boy, Lane Kizzle. Have you ever seen this much swag from a coach who's accomplished absolutely nothing? Sheesh. Is that what the kids are saying now? Sheesh. Cool. As long as I'm still cool with the college crowd. And especially the college moms, if you know what I mean. But nah, I didn't answer that lady's question, because I have no fucking idea how to beat Nick Saban. I just stole that line from Terrell Owens and tried to look cool. Hopefully that line attracts the people at SC and ya boy gets that job back. Until then, I'll just keep getting my ass whooped by Saban and argue about how my decision to kick a 76-yard field goal with Janikowski wasn't a fucking stupid batshit crazy idea. Hey Urban Meyer, where we partying tonight? So are you taking the Giants to win the NL pennant this year? I think so, yeah. But I've changed my tune on the whole championship or bust thing. The fact that they won the division, and if they're competitive in the division series, I'll be happy with how the season goes. Thank you, Steven. Thank you for finally coming around to the fact that this is a fantastic season, regardless of the outcome. You had no expectations going into it, and now everyone has expectations. People should just enjoy the game. I know people hate Jeff Kent, but it's true! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stink. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man. With Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Hello. It's us. I was in the mood for some Adele because of all the Brady and Belichick promos. Like that Brady and Belichick. Exactly. Exactly. If you can't tell, we have a little bit of technical difficulties today. Steven is running without any Wi-Fi. So uh, we'll see how this goes today. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know what I'm supposed to When it <laughs> rains, it pours, man. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I thought... Everything was going to go smooth. I skipped out on my normal daily nap. I was looking forward to the pod because I got takes. Then the Wi-Fi wasn't working. And I guarantee you what's going to happen is the construction that's been going on literally in my door. Like they've opened the gate and gone in our apartment to hammer stuff. Like that's going to, it's going to. They they can't do that's breaking and entering. It's going to ruin everything just to let you know. Yeah, but they can't do that. You can't break into someone's home and start cameraing shit. Well, apparently they can. This is this is your super. My what? Your super. Your superintendent. Sure. I don't <laughs> even know. All right, this is gonna go fantastic. But you know what? We'll this go as far as we can. No, hey, you know what? Hey, we, we we roll with the punches, man. We roll with the punches. Just your opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen. Let's get to it. We have a special guest coming on at 4 o'clock, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll see how far we can go with this. But uh, let's have fun as long as we can. So uh, I know you're in a bad mood because all of the shit that's going on today. You got your wing. We'll get to that in a second. Talk to me about uh, the Giants clinching the NOS, baby. Oh, So I was there on Friday, right? Yeah. And that's a situation where if 
the Giants won and the Dodgers lose, then the Giants qu- clinch the National League West. Now, that's a, I don't want to say once in a lifetime moment, but it's pretty freaking rare to witness something like that. So the Giants are up one nothing early. Darren Ruff hits a home run to left field. Few innings go by, and you know they're getting out of it. Runners on second, runners in scoring position. They manage to escape without giving up any anything at all. So it's like the fifth inning, and it's three nothing. And at this point, everybody's scoreboard watching at right field. Everyone is watching the Brewers and the Dodgers game to see mm-hmm. if the Dodgers are going to lose. Dodgers go down five to one. Now, at this point. It's the fifth inning of the Giants game. It was like the fourth inning in that game. Oh, everyone was excited. You could, everybody was whispering. It was almost like everyone was playing telephone in the stadium. You know, it's like, oh my God, are you seeing Brewers Dodgers? It's (laughs) 5-1. They they might have a chance. And um, everyone's so excited. And then come to find out, Trey Turner hits a grand slam and makes it 5-5. Yeah. And the energy, even though the Giants were up 3 nothing, the energy just got sucked out of the place. And it, we waited there. They played the game after uh, – they played the Brewers-Dodgers game once the Giants game was over, um, you know, because the Giants ended, I don't know, maybe by the time the Brewers-Dodgers were in like the eighth inning. So they played it on so, the Jumbotron? So they played it on the Jumbotron at the end and had everyone stay there, gave you the opportunity opportunity to watch if you wanted to. But, uh, yeah, it was really brutal knowing that we were there and they didn't clinch. But Saturday's game was even crazier because it goes to extras. And, you know, Kevin Gosman has this terrific start. Man, it was it was exhausting. And then on the Sunday, it's just they dominated, absolutely dominated. Yeah, Sunday was fun between the football and the baseball and all the clinching stuff. But, uh We'll we'll hold on for the, we'll hold off on the uh, football for now. We'll, we'll talk about baseball since we got a ridiculous wild card for both days coming up in a couple of hours. Of all teams, the Red Sox and Yankees are playing against each other, and then tomorrow, I want to ask you this: Do you hope that the Cardinals knock off the Dodgers because the Cardinals are a pretty good team to begin with? Do you want to face the do you, do you want the Giants to face the Dodgers, or do you hope that the Dodgers get knocked off tomorrow? I'd rather the Giants face the Dodgers. For one, there's the intrigue, right? The rivalry. Can't get any better than that. I would rather see them play in a championship series, just like any any fan base in the NFL would want to see their rival team play against each other in the NFC championship or AFC championship, whichever whichever team you're a fan of. It's kind of like that. But the division series is all we got because of how the playoff seating is working out and or not seating, but how the playoff format works out. So I want it for the intrigue, but not only that in a weird way, I think they got a better chance to beat the Dodgers than they do the Cardinals. Mm. Cause, mm-hmm, cause they <laughs> face the Dodgers. However, many times this year, they know that team inside and out the Cardinals. The, the only times they played them, the Cardinals have outdueled them. And not only that, Max Muncie is going to be out for the yeah. NLD and he's the number one Giants killer on that team. Guess what you got on the Cardinals? You got two historic Giants killers in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. So no chance I want to see them in the NLDS, especially with how their pitching is going. 
And by the way, we're obviously working with a little delay here, so we'll have to keep this like uh, when Bonte and Greg <laughs> were uh, having problems with the Comrex. So uh, we'll keep our our uh, interruptions to a minimum today. But uh, yeah, no, I'm. You know what? You know what? Come on, as as a Giants fan, you want to go up against your rival, don't you? You the Red the, the Red Sox want to play against the Yankees. The Giants want to play against the Dodgers. I think this is fun. How confident are you in the Giants' ability to win the whole damn thing? I know we're far from that, but just. Just your opinion, man. Just my opinion, man. I'd say they got a pretty good chance. I'd say they got a pretty good chance, but my confidence is going to, uh, it, it, it depends how the first off, oh God, how the first three starting pitchers go. You haven't even started eating the wing yet. I know, but I could smell it. <laughs> so, so it depends. Like, I don't know how Logan Webb and Kevin Gosman are going to do. And who their number three guy is going to be might be Alex Wood, might be the Sclafani. It all depends on the starting pitching. I got faith in the bullpen, got faith in the lineup. Like, I, I think they're fine, but it's really the starting pitching that's the biggest question mark for me in this one. And look, man, I think they could go far. They've been dominating the league the entire year. Like, they really have. There hasn't been many teams except for maybe, I don't know, the Brewers, who they could be facing in the NLCS that have really beat the crap out of them. So I'm liking the chances. I'm feeling good about it, Derek. All right. I'm, all feeling, right, okay. good. I'm feeling good about it. Okay. Well, I'll let you know that uh, it's this, this is a very interesting to me, and I'm just watching, and this is kind of fun to me because I don't have to worry. I'm sad that I don't have to worry about the A's in the playoffs, but it's also kind of nice just to lay back and watch the baseball. All I right. will say this, and we'll pick who we think is going to make it to the World Series I there's there's something about the Dodgers this season. I think that they have obviously a lot of payroll to work with. They have a lot of talent to work with. Every injury that they've faced, they've you know covered up in trades. Max Scherzer with Clayton Kershaw. They traded for Trey Turner. When uh, who's our homeboy that's not playing for them anymore and probably will never play for them again? Uh, the dude that talks too much. Uh, while Steven is slowly. Oh. Uh, Oh, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, yes. For a second there, I thought I thought I lost you. <laughs> For a second, you were just frozen in time. You're doing like a Draymond face. You're just sitting there like, uh-oh. And I couldn't tell if I lost you. Speaking oh, of Draymond, no. we'll get to him later with our, uh, with oh, our special no. guest. <laughs> uh, but I, so I'll tell you now, <laughs> I, yeah, Steven's working with a major delay here. He's reacting to things I said like five seconds ago. Um. So I do like the Giants' chances. I don't know what it is. This team has just been resilient this season. I'm not a Giants guy. Everyone knows that. But, hey, it's the Bay Area, and you got to show love. So for whatever reason, I think it's just not the Dodgers' year, and I am going to take the Giants. If they do play the Dodgers, I do think the Giants beat them. And I do think the Giants advance to the World Series. Kiss of death from Derek Papa. It is at the point where this season, especially coming off a World Series year where you're the defending World Series champion, something's felt off about that team. I don't yeah. know whether it's I don't know whether it's like Dave Roberts and the and just his overall demeanor this season. It's felt odd. Uh I don't know if it's the decline of, you know, Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger, they just don't seem like, but still, I mean, they got, 
whatever it is, 100, 506 wins on the year. They're still pretty damn good. And they're starting pitching that alone with Scherzer and Bueller and Julio Urias. Unfortunately, Clayton Kershaw not going to be able to go. Those guys are good enough. Yeah, for now. Those guys are good enough to keep you in any postseason series, but hate the Dodgers, man. I hope we beat, I really hope we beat the shit out of them. Like, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So, are you taking the Giants to win the NL pennant this year? I think so. Yeah. I'm going. All right, then. Yeah. And you know what? Baseball's fluky like that, where a team comes out of nowhere and just goes to the World Series. We saw with the Royals, the Royals lost first to the Giants and they beat the Mets. And we haven't heard from them since. And just teams just have fluky seasons like that. The Nationals haven't been great since they won the World Series and beat the Astros. I will say this. I think that the Giants do make it to the World Series, and it'll be great for the Bay Area. It'll be a great season. However, I do think that they will face the Astros in the World Series, and unfortunately, Dusty Baker gets his revenge, and the Astros win the World Series. And everyone will be pissed off because everyone thinks they're cheaters, even though I think everybody cheats at baseball. Well, at what point are fans just going to come to terms with the fact like, hey, they were cheating, sure, but they're still pretty good at baseball. I think that's what everyone had a tough time comprehending when Barry was going off, even though he was yeah, you seriously. Know, having having a well-balanced breakfast for every meal. But um, I think, but I've changed my tune on the whole championship or bust thing. Oh, just because like, and I didn't realize it, but man, the month of September that they had, I want to say they were 23 and seven ever since September 1st. Like they've been playing with so much pressure and just winning game after game after game after game to the point where they take it to 162. The Dodgers are right on their tail. The Dodgers are Jason Momoa in that picture, you know, where Henry Cavill's like taking it in the foreground. He's like all standing up like Superman. And you got Jason Momoa in the background who's like creeping up on him. It's like that. The Giants okay. are that pretty thing that the Dodgers have been creeping up on. And I, I just. Man, they've just taken every opportunity to actually get to the playoffs and not get to this world wild card game. The fact that they won the division, and if they're competitive in the division series, I'll be happy with how the season goes. If they just get straight swept, might be a little different. Thank you, Steven. Thank you for finally coming around to the fact that this is a fantastic season, regardless of the outcome. You had no expectations going into it, and now everyone has expectations because they had, what, 106 wins? How many wins was it? 107? 107. The best season statistically of all time for the Giants. I say, and it's a hard word to say sometimes, I am just going to say that people should just enjoy the game. And I know people hate Jeff Kent, but it's true. Yeah, but it's different when you get there because the window just feels so small. And I don't know if they're going to do this again. So I can understand fans that are disappointed. But, you know, I've changed my tune really for the last month. Just the way they've handled themselves throughout this whole thing in September. It's really going to be hard to be disappointed in a, you know, in a season like the one they just had. I, I really... I don't know any Mariner fans from 2001, but I'd love to know how they felt when their team got 116 wins and didn't do anything. Like, I'd love to know how Mar- Mariners fans feel about that. Well, they made it to the ALCS, but if you remember the, I think at the time, and this is crazy that we, we were not bringing this up as well. I think the A's won a good amount of games that season as well in the hundreds, and they were a wild card team. Mm. Had, to, had to play the Yankees and, of course, lost again. 
real quick, who do you think wins tonight? Red Sox, Yankees. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Yankees on this one. I think the Yankees just got too more too much firepower, but I want it to be man. I want this, you know, I want this to be Red Sox, Yankees, like in the seventies when all they do is just brawl the entire time. You know, I want to see. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll be brawling in the crowd tonight. Hopefully, I want to see the Marine. And yes, I said hopefully. The Marine Brett Gardner, who looks like a Marine drill sergeant, I want to see him just go off at a Red Sox player. All right, I think it'd be whole. I think it'd be funny. I can't stand the Yankees. I'll take the Red Sox tonight. But that's not any wager we're having. Speaking of wagers, Stephen, you want to bite into that wing? Sure. So I got the Atomic Wings. Here's how it went. Um, although I ordered. Do they know you by name now? It's no, been three don't. weeks. Not yet. Come Not on. yet. Not yet. Although I ordered. I think our delay is um, good too now. I ordered the boneless. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's 70 cents per boneless wing. And it saves a little bit of money. I could eat it with the fork. Don't have to do this thing with the knife. Like a. Like a Neanderthal. Yeah, but you're I, like, like my hands. Do you remember that video that came out a year ago where that guy spoke in front of like Congress to talk about how boneless wings are just terrible for this country? The long haired dude. What was, it was hilarious? Because it? it's just stupid. I'll send you the video. You, 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 you'll remember seeing it as soon as I sent it to you, but it was hilarious. They are essentially just chicken nuggets. Like that's they what- are. That's all they and, are. I, mean, I don't know if I'll, I mean, I, I guess I'll allow this, but uh, it counts. So go ahead and eat your atomic thigh. You're damn well about to, uh, <laughs> uh, you're damn well going to allow this. I want to go pick up this shit at 2.30. <laughs> this is stupid. Hey, a lot of things are stupid today, Steven. You got no Wi-Fi, you're eating boneless wings. It is what it is. While you eat that, I'll just say this about the Giants and Dodgers. If they do face off against each other. I like the Dodgers. I'm sorry. I, li- I like the Giants' chances just because I think they have a better manager. And I think Gabe Kapler knows the Dodgers pretty well. Obviously, Farhan Zadi knows the Dodgers pretty well. The Dodgers have a better team, no doubt whatsoever. But not the better team doesn't always win. And I just think the Giants match up for whatever reason this season better than the Dodgers. So I will take the Giants to go to the World Series against the Houston Astros. And unfortunately, the Giants will lose. But you got to enjoy it, right, Steven? You enjoying that wing? Yeah. You got to enjoy it. (laughs) All right. While you're recovering, let's go to some football. And you and I spoke about it when we picked our uh, games. Don't touch your eyes, Stephen. Don't touch your eyes. What are you doing? I got a fork. Okay, good. Well, you you planned ahead. You and I had a bad feeling about the Raider and Charger game going into it. Obviously, we both picked the Chargers. And let me just say this. Working in NFL Network, working from across the street from uh, SoFi Stadium, you could see right away from across the street that just Raider fans take over that stadium. And everybody was watching, taking pictures. It's funny how people like perceive Raider fans like they're just crazy people. They're not crazy people. They're crazy about football, and they're crazy about the Raiders. They travel well. And if they, even if they don't travel well, it's, a, it's, it's clear. The Raiders still rule L.A., and they should be in L.A. It was clear to me yesterday. It's been, it's been clear to me since I moved here. The Raiders own L.A. It goes Raiders, USC, Rams, UCLA. You can pick. You can pick all other college teams, and then the Chargers. The Raiders just own L.A. 
And I think it's ridic- it's disrespectful and ridiculous that the NFL decided that they thought that the criminal element was going to come to Los Angeles. If you've been to a Raider game in the past 10 years, there's nothing like that anymore. It was like that in the 90s. It was like that in the 80s. It's just different now. You're not going to have gangs show up and beat the crap out of people. You see that at Rams games more than Raider games these days with the woman throwing the beer and the preseason game. It's just obvious that the Raiders own L.A., and it's just something that the Chargers will have to deal with for years to come. they got a fancy new stadium. they got a great quarterback. They may have a better team. But as far as home field advantage, they will never have that against the Raiders here in Los Angeles. Well, so I agree with you. I do think they get a bad rap, but, I mean, who's to say they're not going to be just as bad as those Rams fans if they were in L.A.? Like, who's to say they, you know, it, it, whatever you perceive now is just not the reality of what would have been if they were in L.A.? Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know, it's just it's just obvious. You have a team that's struggling to get fans in the seats, and you have a visiting team that occupies the whole place when they come every year. And it was, cle- like, during the delay, which we'll get to, which was ridiculous, when Booger McFarlane and, and Adam Schefter are debating that the Raiders should give Derek Carr a contract, they're screaming. It's, it's interrupting Booger McFarlane how loud the Raider fans enjoy seeing the Raiders come out of the tunnel. It was alarming last night. I should say alarming, but it was, it, was, it was clear that the Raiders rule L.A. It's a fact. Um, first off, I liked the, the fact that they had whatever 40 minutes that they had to kill, and Booger and Steve Young were just giving off hot takes, really, for 40 minutes yeah. instead of just like their – Usual scheduled time before Monday night football kickoff. I kind of like that. I love rain dance theater. But I got a lot of saliva building up. Does that mean you're lying? A like lot you said of saliva, last week? Derek. Are you lying? Like like Urban Meyer? What? Are you last week you said the rules of lying is that you lose saliva when you speak. So are you like Urban Meyer now? You're just lying to us? Yeah, but I guarantee you they didn't need atomic wings from Wingstop before they started talking. But okay. <laughs> here's what's sad here's what's sad the sorry Raiders, this is hella delayed no it's all good the way the Raiders played last night was sad no my takeaway is like that Chargers team is good oh yeah dude oh yeah like, I mean we they've been so hampered by injury really for a long time ever since Derwin James got hurt that rookie season just feels like him Austin Eckler Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. It feels like those guys are hurt at some point in the season. And I know we're early on. I guess, I guess we're, what is this, a quarter of the way through? Do you count it a quarter of the way through now? Not Out anymore. Now that there's, yeah, not anymore. It's just awkward. You can't call it a quarter of the way through at game five. Yeah. When I know. are you a quarter of the way through? I guess, I, guess we just don't, I, <laughs> I guess we just don't call it quarters anymore. It's like, it's so it's, easy to say it's hard. Well, we're a quarter now. of the way through the season. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? When yeah. That in, but, but I think it's sad because, dude, they got a, I mean, they got a good team, man. And sure, the Raiders played like crap in that first half. I understand that. And Gruden was trying way too hard to establish the run. Just every single play that was in short yardage is just like, all right, hand it off to Jacobs, even though he's been on a foot that's questionable for the entire week. But they, but they got to be able to run, though, at some point. Right. But they weren't able to do it in the second half. 
I at time at times they did, but I, go I wanna, on. Do you want to get to the thunderstorm real quick, or do you want to actually talk about the game? Thunderstorm real quick, just because uh, I was driving home and it started to pour, and I tried to race back home to get to kickoff in time to watch it, and sure enough, it's delayed. And my reaction was just the same as everybody else. Like, well, they play in a dome, for Christ's sake. What are we doing here? But it, there, it, is, it is open on the sides. Thunder is unpredictable. So I do understand that. It's just hilarious to me that it rains for the first time in L.A. in probably over a year, and everybody freaked out. It's just typical L.A., man. Typical it's typical, LA. it's typical Bay. I mean, well, it rains in the Bay Area, too. But, uh, I mean, whenever it rains in California, people freak out. The only thing that changes in the Bay Area is the speed of people driving. People go oh, God, so dude. slow when they're driving. It in the sucks. Rain. Sucks. Anyway, yeah. all right. Do you want to go first about the game? Your thoughts? Yeah. Go so ahead. there's ever since that Khalil Mack trade, and you know John Gruden making all these decisions. There's something about when the decisions he makes come back to bite him in the ass. There's something about that. That's kind of, how should I put it, refreshing, kind of validating. I don't know what word to use right now. I'm really tired. I haven't been able to take the nap. But there's something about the fact that he traded away his offensive line with Rodney Hudson, who was a key piece in that, traded away Gabe Jackson, who wasn't great, but still he was Gabe Jackson. He was good enough. Trent Brown never really stayed on the field. But the fact that that offensive line was a turnstile, I hope I hope John Gruden understands this is the team that he built. Like, this is the one that everyone thought they were going to be. I know that sounds salty. I know that's not what a Raider fan would say, but there's something about it. Like, when Khalil Mack, you know, had that monster opening game against Green Bay, like, I hope John Gruden was watching that at the time, right after he was. they traded him. Yeah, I was hoping that was, that was going on. So... There's something about it, although not a great day for Alex Leatherwood. The kid got embarrassed. It was a, it was a rough day for Alex Leatherwood. Um, that's just something that's going to happen with the offensive line. Is that they're you know when you when you trade away the offensive line, it's going to struggle at times. And I thought that going into this game, he had no answer for Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa had some interesting comments about Derek Carr, which I don't agree with. Um, I don't think Derek. I think the old Derek Carr goes into a shell when he's pressured. I don't think so anymore. I think that Derek Carr is a lot tougher. I, I think that the injury with the broken ankle spooked him for a little while. He was checked down Carr for a little while. I don't think he's that same guy. And I don't think Joey Bosa really knows what he's talking about. Um, I do think it's funny, though, that he like he has a much deeper voice like than his brother. Like, mm. you know, Joey's like, oh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I thought that, you know, you, you pressure Derek Carr and he goes into a little shell there. Where Nick would be like, you know, if you go after uh, if you go after Derek and he falls to the floor, he's just not going to come back and throw touchdowns on you. You do a better Nick Bosa than me, but it's pretty good though. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not there was a sense Baker, of truth to what Baker Baker. <laughs> um, there is a sense of truth to what he was saying, nah. but also there was. But also, Bosa, man, the dude's just a meathead. I mean, are we really supposed to take any inventory of what he says? Like, he's an edge rusher who wants to get after the quarterback. Of course he's going to talk a little trash. But the fact is, Carr looked great. 
I mean, let's go back, at least in the second half. Let, just, I, I'd like him to take that final play out of the quote because he mentioned that quote by, uh, I don't know, I don't remember his first name, Colberson. What's his first name, the D-tackle? Oh, for the, the Chargers? The uh, Christian. The Christian Culberson, when he got the sack, like that was the main play he was talking about. How about he goes back to that play in the red zone where Derek Carr steps up, avoiding pressure, and manages to just fire a rifle to Hunter Renfro in the end zone? How about we go back to where Derek Carr was in the shotgun and Kenyon Drake blew you up, Joey, and then he high pointed the ball to Darren Waller, who mossed Asante Samuel Jr. So there's a sense of truth to what he said, but also. Hey, he's better than that, Joey. I agree. Uh, let's talk about Hunter Renfro for a to, second. I wouldn't say that. To, I wouldn't say that to Joey's face. Big dude. Yeah. No, they're. He looks like they're, He looks like an animated character that's like that's supposed to be muscular. He looks like he belongs in an episode of SpongeBob as a lifeguard. Hmm. I can see that. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about Hunter Renfro's fantastic play on the fake punt? Just. That that I mean, like, yes, it was twenty-one to nothing at one point. I mean, at, at the half, but it could have been a lot worse. Hunter Renfro makes a fantastic play on the fake punt. But let's just be real here: the Raiders got their ass kicked in the first half, and it was the first kind of letdown with the defense. Even though I think at times the defense kept them in the game, but the Chargers had something to prove, and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that they knew they were going to be up against it. They game planned for crowd noise in their own stadium and they knew that they were going to be disrespected in their home in their own uh, home stadium so i think they had something to prove and i don't think this means that the raiders are a bad football team i just think they just had, they just had a bad night i'm not going to make any snap judgments about the raiders and who they are as a team um we did see a good defensive line take advantage of that o-line like sure gruden was putting him in the best positions but you're right. They were planning for it. They were prepared for it. Brandon Staley, whoever else is on that staff, I don't know, Joe Lombardi, who was their offensive coordinator, those types of guys, they know Gus Bradley, and they understand, uh, they understand the type of stuff that they were going to do on, on, on defense. I thought that there were a, not a nice play calls for the Chargers, and the plays were well executed uh, from Herbert. I thought he was, I thought he was great. Um, but look, man. Going back to that Renfro play, it was a great play by Renfro, but also let's take a step back and realize what do you normally do or why is the reason that coaches try those little trick plays? Because they think they can. And Brandon Staley comes from Sean McVay, who would always have Johnny Hecker throw the football. So I think that's just, you know, learning from that coach. But I thought, you know, they saw something in film where they could do that. Uh, same thing, and, we'll, you know, it's funny we bring this up, but John Harbaugh did that against the Raiders, what was it, back in 2012, where he had Justin Tucker or whoever it was. I don't think Justin Tucker was on the team back then. But the kicker ran in the touchdown when they were well in hand with the victory, victory already. And John Harbaugh likes to do that shit like he did on, on Sunday against Vic Fangio. But Brandon Staley did it because he could. And I like Brandon Staley. I know we talked about last week how – he scored when he didn't need a score. Go ahead. Sorry. It was just going to be one question, and then it was just – I didn't need you to give an entire hot take about Brandon Staley and who he is as a coach. It was like a, it was like a question that's almost rhetorical. It was meant to be like you know two words, and then you, you go back to me, then you toss it back to me. But 
the reason. What do you shack? What do you shack? It's 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 you back to me, not, not no you 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 back yeah. to me. All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why they did it is because they knew that the Raiders, even though they were down by that much, still could get back into the game. Like that's the yep. type of thing you do when the opposition. Sure, you want to run a trick play just because you can, but it also depends on how the opposition is playing. Any other team, they just punt that. They just punt it. You know, Raiders offense wouldn't be able to do anything. So that tells me that they were scared of what the offense could do if they did punt away the ball. That's what that showed me. And then Runfro ended up making a terrific play on it. Got up to 17 miles an hour uh, to make that tackle with his sprint Next, speed. Courtesy of next-gen stats right there? Courtesy of next-gen stats, baby. Oh, yeah. We always have to implement in our highlights. I'm not a big fan, but it is what it is. Oh, um, the reason I bring up Brandon Staley is because I think he's really good. And I think this may start a chain of intellectual defensive coordinators. The guy played quarterback in college. He knows how to, he knows offenses, and yet he coaches defense. The way he was setting things up with the cover three and having everything come up in front Fantastic way to play against the Raiders. Did the same thing against the Chiefs. This guy is a good head coach. I know that he did the thing last week. They still won the game, scoring when they didn't need to score. I think he's really smart, and I loved what he did before halftime. That was huge. Gruden runs it on third and one, challenges it, doesn't get it, calls timeout, ball back to him. They score a touchdown. It didn't change them. I mean, it didn't decide the game because the Raiders had momentum coming out in the, the third quarter. Or yeah, in the third quarter, but. He's a smart coach, and he's got a fantastic quarterback on his side. He will always be in games now. The way that defense is set up with their fantastic quarterback, Austin Eckler's an amazing running back, versatile in receiving and running. Uh, Keenan Allen, who I needed to go off in fantasy, uh, didn't need to do anything. And uh, the Chargers are good, man. Chargers are really good. And Jared Cook. Jared Cook up the scene. Yeah. How many times have we seen that with the Raiders? Like that dude, yeah, that dude knows how to get open. I don't think he ever extends his hands to catch a ball. I think he just waits for it to get to his chest every single time. But Jared Cook had a nice little revenge game against the Raiders, if you want to put that in air quotes. He did. By the way, did you see or did you hear Brian Greasy go through uh the China routes for all of the slot wide receivers. So Hunter Renfro, the route he runs on the goal line when he scored that touchdown, he referred to as a China route. And I guess that's the same thing that Cooper Cup runs. And at one point, Steve Levy had asked the same question that I would ask, why do they call it a China route? And he either said there was no real reason to it. Do you think that's true? Maybe. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to do a Peyton Manning detail impression? Because there well, that, was a there was a detail he did. He did. <laughs> there was a detail that he did where Sorry, this this, like, this delay is insane. Go go ahead. I can't even know I I don't even notice what's happening right now. I'm just trying to talk. This is a this is very unfortunate. Um hang on. But when he uh when he mentioned this route, this specific route, he goes, We call that one a squirrel route. I don't know why. It's just called a squirrel route. That's what we call it. <laughs> so I, I, I do believe that, but also I think, you know, get yourself out of that hot water if you're going to try and mention something like that. You never know. It could be something completely messed up. Yeah, that, that was my question. But uh, yeah, and it's funny, you know, 
everyone was like, oh, this would be a perfect game for the Manning cast. I don't think so. I think with it being pretty close, like with the fact that it was 21 to nothing at one point, yeah, and if it was a blowout, then people would tune in to Manning and Eli, or Peyton and Eli. But uh, I, you know, for once, it was kind of just nice to watch the game. And I'm not a big fan of Steve Levy, but every time that he says, uh, when the game is closer and he goes, we got a ball game. That's a phrase I always say with my friends when we're watching my roommates when we're watching the game. So I like that he says that. But uh, as far as the game itself, uh, um, Brandon Staley, I was me- I was very impressed with him. He goes for it on fourth and three in the fourth quarter to get it to a twenty-eight to fourteen lead. I think this guy just gets it. And Derwin James sealed it with the pick. Just Derek Carr had a rough night, and it wasn't so much in the way he played. It's just that he just didn't have time to throw to anybody, and the defense was set up perfectly to keep everything in front. They didn't really, besides the rugs, 50-yarder, they really didn't have any big plays. Brian Edwards was not found. Um, just something they got to work on, but I don't think it's a bad thing for the Raiders going forward. I think they can, I think they can get this thing going again. But real quick, the taunting penalty, penalty on Darren Waller, absolute bullshit. Just what are we doing Stupid. here? He was not throwing it intentionally at the defenders. He was just doing it. He was just throwing it on the ground, wasn't he? He wasn't throwing it at whoever he was covering. Was it Derwin James? He just spiked it. That's all yeah. he did was just spiked it out of bounds. Like, it's so stupid. But that's the problem with these new rules, man. And when you implement them, you know, the new the, the refs sometimes try to overcompensate. I know we're going to talk to a very special guest about basketball in, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes here, 15, 20 minutes here. But I'm going to ask, you know, about this new thing with the NBA where they're trying to eradicate the, you know, jump into the the defender three-pointer and try and draw a foul. The James Harden, uh, if you will. We saw it in the Warriors preseason game last night, but it was stupid. But the thing that I like, and going back to Brandon Staley, the thing I like about him the most not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Nope. Like if you're if you're a if you're a head coach and you don't go for it on fourth down anymore and you don't see the value in that, like I, I don't know what to tell you. That happened multiple times last year with Gruden where you know you kick it, for example, what they did with Daniel Carlson and ended up being a missed field goal. I know that they uh, ended up getting called back because of a sack and they were kind of forced to do it, but still it's situations like that, man, where it feels like whenever you don't go for it on fourth down, more often than not, it comes back to bite you in the ass. And not only that, but the Raiders have a good enough defense down to where you can do go for it on fourth down, and if you don't complete it, I think the defense is good enough to get a stop. I, I, I really do. I, I got that much faith in them. So not too thrilled with how that one went last night. But overall, three and one. Like, how can you really complain about a three and one season? Yeah. And to your point about coaches that don't go f- don't go for it on fourth down, I will talk about this later. But good God, why the hell did Bill Belichick not go for it on fourth and three and sent his kicker out there for a fifty-six yard field goal in the pouring rain? And he's playing against Tom Brady. Are you fucking kidding me? Why is no one talking about that? This is a coach that ten years ago went for it on fourth and two in his own back of the field against Peyton Manning. And he didn't want to do that against Tom Brady? Jesus Christ. That's one I've been going back and forth on. That's really what I've been going back and forth on. Because 
man, that that ball, it doinked. It was so close. Like it was but that it's a, close. It's a and they would have taken a six yard field goal. I know. I know. I know. But the game would have been over if they didn't complete it. I don't know. I no, I'd have to No, wouldn't have. There was still a minute left. Brady would have had time to come back and right. answer himself. I don't understand it. We'll get to it later. Uh, all in all, no, Stephen, my <laughs> we will. There'll, there'll, there'll be time. Maybe not. Maybe we'll both lose our connections and this whole <laughs> thing will fail. But regardless, yeah. as of right now, just to put a bow on the Raider and Charger game, I think the Chargers had a lot to prove, and I think the Raiders were comfortable coming to L.A., being in front of a lot of their fans. They got too comfortable. They have weaknesses. They need to improve them. They'll be fine, but the Chargers may be a better team. And I know last week I said that the Broncos so. may have the best defense in the division. That changed for me last night watching the Chargers. They have a fantastic defense. Just It, it, it all depends on if they could stay healthy. All depends on the health. Like they, yep. they just haven't been able to stay healthy at all. At all. And I don't know. Last night with the the flag that was thrown with Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. And uh, that play with Darren Waller in the end zone where Waller mossed him. Uh, that dude was I thought he was going to be pretty good. And he still has a he still has a pretty high chance of being good. But I know a lot of Niner fans were really pissed off that they took this lineman, Aaron Banks, who doesn't appear to get out onto the field as opposed to this Asante Samuel Jr. So I do know some Niner fans were kind of enjoyed that part last night. Asante Samuel Jr., I think all of the juniors that have been drafted this year as defensive backs have been really good. J.C. Horn, who's the son to Joe Horn, Asante Samuel Jr., and then there's Patrick Sertan Jr., and they all got interceptions, actually, in Week 2, which was uh, interesting. But um, he's good. Uh, I think that's something that Niner fans got to be kicking themselves over is that Solomon Thomas is playing pretty well. Deflected ball last night, too. Yeah, but that's just one play. He actually didn't do too much as opposed to what he's actually done these first three games. The whole defensive line didn't do much last night, but uh, they kept a minute. Um, A couple of D tackles got some pressure here or there. But, uh, yeah, all in all, it was, you know, they, they got their ass kicked, but I think that they'll be all right. They play the Bears this week. They're going up against Khalil Mack once again, so we'll see what happens there. That's just the ultimate revenge game, isn't it? For me, I know. Oh my god! It's not I know. the first where's, time, but where's the Adele uh, promos for that one? Max Crosby <laughs> versus Khalil Mack. Who's the better D lineman? Well, I mean, how does that make sense? It wouldn't. It doesn't. At make least sense, with actually. Adele, at least with Adele, they had the hello, hello from the other side. Ow! Like, you know, Brady and Belichick, they're actually singing that, you know? I'm trying to think of what Adele's song could relate to Khalil Mack coming back to the Raiders. I think a good one would be Set Fire to the Rain. I literally was just about to say that. And I really don't know. Set Fire to the Rain. Watch it all as I'm on your face. There's nothing like hearing someone sing Adele while their internet connection is buffering out. Shit. <laughs> All right, before we bring on our special guest, let's go through the Niner game real quick. They lose 28-21 to to the Seattle Seahawks. You and I both kind of saw this coming. It wasn't so much that the 
Niners got torched in the secondary. I thought Emmanuel Mosley played fantastic on DK Metcalf at times. I, they really held uh, Tyler Lockett in check. The defense came to play. I think it's just Jimmy Garoppolo's injury fucked everything up. Yeah, I don't believe it's an injury. Still don't, really. Uh, I kind of believe it's an injury, but... You like think it's been phony? I just think they benched him. And the fact that he said after uh, the game, oh, it might take a couple of weeks, and then bringing him back, I don't know if it's phony, but the it's just it's very fishy. Everything that's going on with all of that is very fishy. Something you think isn't they, right. Hold on. I, I know we're on a delay here, but you think that they would take out Jimmy Garoppolo in a 7-7 to game to throw in Trey Lance, who did not look good? The fact that it was a 7-7 game, it shouldn't have been a 7-7 game. Should not have been 7-7 going into halftime. What should it have been? It was bad. It was bad. Quote with the Niners? Yes. Okay. The defense played well. They came out, and the pass rush was there. D. Ford showed up after not being there in last week's game. They sacked Russell Wilson, I believe, on the first three drives on third down each time. Mm -hmm. Impressive. I thought it was Javon Kinlaw on the last one, but apparently they gave D4 two sacks and Bosa one. Debo is looking great right now. He's the go-to guy in this offense. George Kittle, I think he's hampering with an injury right now, but Debo's the go-to guy right now. George Kittle is a fantastic player, but if you want a big, explosive play, I think you got to go to Debo. Jimmy... Turned the ball over, threw that quick pick to Quadre Diggs. It's a great play by Quadre Diggs, but all in all, it's another turnover. And it's something it's predictable. That, it's all yeah. predictable, dude. I it's know. Just, I, it, it, it's like these receivers, they're just going to run a quick slant. Everyone knows that, and you're just going to jump the route if you get an opportunity. Now, granted, it's so hard to make that play, and I don't think we give nearly enough credit to uh, to the defensive backs for actually making the plays instead of just you know blaming it on the quarterback right away. But a change needed to happen. And, you know, up until I saw him at the podium, really hard to call BS on it right, when you see him at the podium because it actually seems very genuine and how pissed he is. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, it, it's kind of, you know, it's me giving hot takes. But uh, uh, ne- never goes wrong not, with that, man. Not a good one with that one. But either way, like, this is something where I saw Trey Lance and I understand he didn't look good. The dude didn't expect to go in. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get any practice with, with the first team reps. Look, dude, I'm just at the point now where I'm saying rip the Garoppolo Band-Aid off, bring in Trey Lance, start your franchise now because Garoppolo's proven he's not going to get you anywhere far. No, like, Steven can't do that. I don't care about the win-loss record. I don't care about 2019 and the one thing that he did in the playoffs oh, where he led them Steven. to the Super Bowl. It was two years ago, Derek. If you bench Garoppolo now, you're going to lose Greg Papa's daughters as fans. Don't you see? Oh, well, okay. Now I've changed my entire stance. (laughs) Take back everything I just said. No, I... Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you to a certain extent. I'll say this. Trey Lance was not ready to play that game. I don't think he's ready to play right now. He was erratic at times. He wasn't accurate. He makes fantastic plays with pure talent, but he doesn't see the field. Now, as far as next week, they play the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll talk about it later, but the Arizona Cardinals are for real, and they may be the best team in the NFC West. 
they have Chandler Jones and they have J.J. Watt. And while the Niners have Trent Williams, Trent Williams is dealing with a, sh- a sh- shoulder injury. Say that slowly. And he will play probably, but I don't feel comfortable throwing Trey Lance to the Wolves and the Wolves being Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. You may have to do it because Jimmy's hurt. But if Jimmy can play, I would play Jimmy because I don't feel good about Trey Lance in that position. I don't feel good about Jimmy Garoppolo in that position, but I feel better about Jimmy Garoppolo in that position. Then, if you're two and three after that point and you're in a bye week, then I think it's time maybe to start evaluate things and start playing Trey Lance. But you don't want, just as much as you didn't want Justin Fields getting sacked four times against Aaron Donald the week one, you don't want to do that to Trey Lance next week. So I would say hold off on that if Jimmy is healthy. And I think I lost Steven. I think Steven is frozen. Hopefully we get him back. In the meantime and in between time. Yeah, I just think that Steven, are you there? Uh hang on. <laughs> Who are I'm right here. Okay. You got me? I got you. You're kind of freezing up a little bit. Yep. You hear me? I hear you. You gotta you, you got any takes you wanna you gotta give? Like what all right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give. I, I don't give takes. You know from, that, man. Steven. I give opinions. No, you give takes, dude. <laughs> you definitely give takes. It's hilarious. You I don't think wanna, you I do, but you do. Uh, but um, who they got? Week seven, they're gonna have the. Aren't they playing the? Got the when they got the bye. Who we got? Who the Niners got in week seven when they come back from that bye? Colts. Week? Colts. They got the Colts. Okay. You're not exactly throwing them to the Wolves there, are you? Because of, you know, I, I mean, you got the Forrest Buckner. But other than that, it's a, that's a Colts team that he could probably dice him up. It, I'm just at that point now where even if he's going up against a tough Cardinals defense, throw him to the Wolves, man. Give him a challenge. Oh, like, God. You, you traded up for to get this guy. You traded a bunch of draft capital. Let's see what you got in them. Like that's where I'm at, man. I'm just so I'm I'm just so over watching Garoppolo play every Sunday, knowing what I'm going to get, which is yeah, he's going to lead a couple of nice drives downfield. They're probably going to score, but then you're going to get an interception. And oh, also, I think one thing that not a lot of people are talking about, and something that happened in the morning, and something that nobody listens to to old Steven here whenever he's well, no one listens to me anyway. But nobody listens to me when I was saying that Raheem Mostert, that's going to be a huge loss because that dude is so fast. And there's been multiple times where, hey, man, if Raheem Mostert were in the game and they had that kind of a lane, which Trey Sermon has had, Raheem Mostert would have gotten through that lane. And I think that's a bigger loss than we're making it out to be. That's not helping Jimmy that much at all. And the win-loss record, tired of hearing about the win-loss record. He's 5-5 five and five in his last 10. Like, that's all I need to know. I know, Steven, but And he also uh, got George almost got George Kittle's leg taken off, by the way. Just yeah. throwing everything high. Like yeah. my God. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought Jamal Adams had fantastic coverage on him, and that's basically the reason that the Seahawks got uh Jamal Adams was to cover George Kittle. And even though they messed up terribly on that wide open touchdown by Debo Samuel, um the Seahawks just know how to play the Niners well. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't have to throw for a bajillion yards. I think he threw for 149 and a couple of scores. But 
I thought the defense had a good game plan going into it, and things just got sidetracked by the Garoppolo injury. I Trey Lance has a lot of talent. He's a great athlete. He needs to learn how to be a great quarterback, and it will take time. I don't think you need to shatter his confidence by throwing him to the Wolves against the Cardinals. You may need to if Jimmy plays in the game and you're losing by a shit ton of points and he gets hurt and you want to try some things out. But I wouldn't if do it. If one yet. game shatters his confidence, you shouldn't have got him at quarterback. I heard Sean Salisbury say that on the football hour, and I loved that. If that showers, if that shatters his confidence, then that one game, that it one game. That one game won't shatter his confidence completely. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Do, do you want him to get sacked six times like Justin Fields did? And I know Justin, or what well, was more than that, nine times. Or maybe it was more than that. But I just, and, and Justin Fields rebound, and they did things that was more conducive to him by changing the offense up with Bill Lazor. But I don't know. I, I You're playing a really good team in the Cardinals. I know that it would be, you know, throwing something new at the Cardinals they haven't seen before and may give you a chance. I just don't like it. I think that you have, if you lose, you're two and three. There's still a long season to go. You're at a bye week. Regroup, change the offense, have Trey Lance play against the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Well, we, you know what? We can agree to disagree on this particular subject. We can. And part of me does feel bad for Garoppolo. Part of me really does. And it looks like we have our special guest here on the line. This is great. Can you, do you know how to, do you know oh, how to work? Oh, we do. I know, know how, how to, to do it, this? Steven. Steven, you're the one that has his Wi-Fi problems, okay? And thank God, hopefully this person saves this broadcast. All right. <laughs> Joining us live? now. You're live. <laughs> Joining us now is our good friend from 95.7 The Game. She was a producer. She covers the Warriors every day. It's Whitley Sandretto. What's up, Whit? What's happening, my guys? It's been so long. It has been. What are you wearing a Yankee hat for? I just liked it. My friend gave it to me, and it's kind of just been my style lately, so I've been rocking it. Okay. You, you, are you wanting to win tonight? <laughs> no, I'm not okay. a Yankees fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you wearing uh, the hat on like, their most important day of the, I know. Of the season so far. And you're just oh, like, they, nah, I don't want them to win. Are they playing a game tonight? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Yankees fan. But uh, I do like the hat, so that's why I'm wearing it. Well, thank you, for, thank you for joining us, Whitley, and thank you for saving the show. We've been through so many technical difficulties. Uh, Steven's dealing with no uh, Wi-Fi in his house, so uh, that's been fun. It doesn't yeah, you're work. You're a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're, all you need now is a cigar, and you would be AJ Hawk on a Pat McAfee show, just uh, coming in all disordered and everything. Yeah, well, whatever. What can you do? <laughs> what can you do? I like you? the background, though. Yeah. Thank you. He has a good background. It's None not of it's his... mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whitley, thank you for joining us on the stream, and I'm sure we're getting a lot more people watching us now. Real quick, uh, we'll start off with some fun stuff. How are your Chiefs ever going to recover from this 2-2 two two start and being last in the AFC West? How are they ever going to recover? You know me, I'm already overreacting. <laughs> <laughs> I, their defense is so bad. Like The last couple of years, the defense was a little bit better. And the year before that, kind of was like this year. But this year is the worst defense I can remember in a minute. Especially yeah. them trying to stop the run game. It's terrible. Like, I don't honestly have any expectations for them to make it to the Super Bowl again. I'm also just talking oh. negatives because then maybe it will happen and everything will be good. But I don't know. I'm already overreacting. You know me. <laughs> I am with my cheese. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll be fine. So, so you already think that they're not going to win the division and everything. 
Not even playoffs? Oh, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Mm, that's interesting. I think they're fine. We need, I to think it just... up to, we need to bring this up to Patrick Mahomes, see what he has to say about that. Because <laughs> I think that he would choose to de- beg to defer. Is that the word? Beg to differ. Damn, I'm tired. Yeah. Defer? Yeah. Did you say defer? <laughs> he said defer. I said defer. Like 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 a like a coin toss here. All right, all right, Whitley. Let's talk about you and your rise to being a fantastic reporter for the Warriors. So tell us the Whitley Sandretto story. How did you get from your humble beginnings in Missouri to now being a reporter for the Golden State Warriors? Missouri. <laughs> Whatever, Missouri. Uh, it's the old-fashioned way. So I didn't take the traditional way like most people do. I went to community college, and then I actually got scholarships to play basketball and softball. I ended up going to party. <laughs> and then I dropped out of Mizzou because I couldn't pass college algebra. But then that led me out here to San Francisco, went to Academy of Art, got the internship, worked on your show, Derek, when you mm-hmm. made me make the wallet out of duct tape. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steven, you ever see that wallet? <laughs> no. What are we I spent an entire that? day making a duct tape wallet. Yeah. So my yeah. wallet was messed up and Whitley had a duct tape made a wallet for me. And uh, I want to say that single-handedly started your career. Exactly. That's how I got here, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you have to find um, so yeah, the duct tape? Kinda... Did, you, did you have the duct tape already? Like, what the what the hell? How do you... There's no duct tape at a radio station. Didn't Elena buy you the duct tape wallet? There was some... Someone had, like, a, a uh, duct tape wallet kit ready to go. And... <laughs> Knowing how impatient I am and stubborn I am, I was like, I don't know how to do this shit. And Whitley, Whitley was nice to be like, I got it. <laughs> she made the duct tape wallet for me. And for like a solid week, I was rocking that duct tape wallet, was paying stuff for it, went to buy a new wallet, showed the people that I was buying the wallet, my duct tape wallet. And they're like, that's an awesome wallet. And I've never, I've never seen this before in the history of like purchasing. But the person I was buying the wallet from said, you should hang on to that one. You don't need to buy this nice wallet. <laughs> It was a lot of work. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't do one. You know, back in our intern days, we did the cuts. I didn't make one single cut that day and definitely got asked why. And I said, I had to make a duct tape wallet. What yeah, are you going to do? Yeah, priorities. <laughs> Steven, do you have a question for Whitley? So, yeah, I, I've never really asked you this, but like, what was the biggest culture shock coming from Missouri to San Francisco? The one thing that kind of made you go, whoa, this is different. The price of everything (laughs) in Missouri, (laughs) in Missouri, when I was at Mizzou, I had a duplex, a three bedroom, two bathroom, upstairs, downstairs, garage, yard, you name it, $800 a month for all of that. And I only had one roommate, so we split it. So it was $400 a month. Mm. Yeah. Here I live in an apartment the size of a closet and it's double the price, (laughs) maybe triple actually. Definitely the price of everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous Brutal. in the Bay Area. So, Whitley, what is it about basketball that makes you love it so much? Tell us about your own history playing basketball, and how the hell did you get so good at Papa Shot? So, I used to play basketball back in high school, and like I mentioned, I did get scholarships, and then I threw it all away to go party. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my dad refused to put me in dance class, and so I was just kind of you know forced into sports, which I think worked out just because – 
I ended up loving it so much. And I'm too like hyperactive. Or when I was younger, I was like that child that was all over the place. So I needed some structure. So I think sports gave me that. Um, and there's nothing to do in Missouri. So literally I would just go out to the driveway. I played on a gravel, like a gravel court, didn't have a net, just had a rim. And I would just go outside, shoot hoops, even in the dead of winter. Like if there wasn't ice on the ground, even if it was just snow, I would just be out there all the time shooting hoops because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> um, so I think that's why I got good. And that just developed my shot. And that led to me just going to sports bars, playing Papa shot. Um, yeah, I don't know actually how I got good at Papa shot. I think just maybe because my shot's good. And then I always go to Papa Shots too. This is the key. Go to the ones with the real size basketball. I don't do that mini hoop stuff. Well, mm-hmm. I do mini hoop stuff. But like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I only do the back, behind the bag shot for this one. But you know what I mean. At sports bars, I don't like the mini ones. You have high standards so, for your Papa Shot. You are the, what? yeah, yes, you are exactly. an unbelievably good papa shot player like i thought you were just you, you know talking shit at first like i thought you were just being <laughs> cocky but then you but then you went out and performed and you backed it up um who was like the team that you were paying attention to when you were growing up being a fan of basketball was there like a specific team or a specific player uh, that you followed as my connections just starting to get terrible here <laughs> your face just went blurry <laughs> <laughs> at least the background looks good though uh so growing up in Missouri, we obviously don't have an NBA team. So I watched a lot of college hoops, especially Mizzou. Um, but during the Derrick Rose MVP season and around that time, I grew to really love the Bulls. And like growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, so games are really expensive. So I actually didn't go to my first NBA game until I was 21. Um, but I watched it my entire life, but that was when I could finally go. And my first game was at United Center watching Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson. I think Carlos Boozer was on that team. Joaquin Noah. Jimmy Butler was later on. Yeah. Noah. So, yeah. So, I ended up watching them, loved them, and then Derrick Rose had his injuries and mm. broke my heart. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> that being, was sincere. Yeah, well, totally. Um, to be real sincere for a second, though, uh, being a woman in sports is tough. Um, it's a male dominated industry. Just curious. What are some things that you've had to overcome being a woman covering a sports team? And do you think things have been easier as time has progressed? I think I'm lucky that mainly what I do is the NBA, especially with the Warriors organization. You could not name a better organization from like top to bottom, every single person, every player, uh, front office, everyone. They're just so respectful and they never, ever make you feel uncomfortable they just feel you know they make you feel like you're involved um so i've been really lucky in that aspect uh i would say baseball like clubhouses and stuff that's a little bit different it's still very much a man's world um football too but especially baseball but you get just the normal little comments here and there and people don't believe that you actually know what you're talking about um, and then when they find out that you do, they're like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. It's like, you don't have to make it that big of a deal. I'm pretty sure I could school you in basketball right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> um, Probably could. <laughs> you know me, I can't trash talk. I try and then I just get the giggles. And, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I try, like, sometimes I look in the mirror, I like hype myself up. I'm like, okay, wait, like today is going to be the day you're going to like tell someone off. <laughs> 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 never happens. 
Um, so yeah, I can I can say I'm very lucky to be able to work around the Warriors and the NBA because I think that's very more accepting of women. And I think like the the all women, the all female broadcast teams are starting to become more prevalent, especially among the NBA. And so that's just mm-hmm. that's just fantastic. So you've been doing a lot of work with the Warriors and 95-7 working along, you know, with the Warriors. But mm-hmm. what's kind of that one moment you you look at where you you just thought, damn, like I'm I'm doing this. I'm really here. Was it like a specific interview? Was it like a specific event. What was that, that one, that one moment for you where it was kind of like, welcome to the NBA. Uh, welcome to the NBA. You're welcome um, to the NBA moment. Mm-hmm. Trying to think there's been several of them where I'm like, Oh my God, obviously there it goes. I, the can, Shaq can, moment. Yeah. Can, can we, can we talk <laughs> about know, that story for a second? Can I tell the story? So me Go and Whitley, because I don't know it exactly. Me yeah. and Whitley are at the finals. We were lucky to get passes. And we're on the floor. This is the Warriors and Raptors series. And we're on the floor after the game, and Shaquille O'Neal is there for NBA TV. And Whitley looking like Marilyn Monroe is walking around asking people for interviews. And she was like, oh, I have to get an interview with Shaq. And I was like, go for it. She goes up to Shaq, and she goes, Mr. O'Neal, can I get an interview with you? And Shaq goes, I don't have time, Miss Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and then, then and and all all Whitley heard was I don't have time and she walked away. <laughs> While Shaq was saying that, she go, he goes, I don't have time, Miss Marilyn Monroe, but I will take a picture with you. She didn't hear that part and just walks away. And I stand there next to Shaq and he looks at me and goes, I'm not gonna take one with you, little man, and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Whitley could have taken a picture with Shaq and she didn't take the time to listen to what he actually was saying. <laughs> You know me too, Steven. You know, sometimes I'm in my own little world and I just turn around like, oh, and then I just walked away. And Derek was like, he was like, oh. <laughs> and so I was hoping I was going to get to see him again, but he didn't cover any more of the games. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, horrible. <laughs> I was so devastated. So devastated. I don't know. I don't know if that's my favorite part, but I just love how he says, I'm not taking one with you, little man. <laughs> <laughs> I may have added that in there, but uh, yeah, he put the line. <laughs> The line definitely was, I don't have time, Miss Marilyn Rowe, but I will take a picture with you. Oh, my god! I was – when Derek told me that, I'm like, no, you're joking. So when I turned back around to see if Shaq was still there, he obviously already, like, leapt out the building. I'm like, great. <laughs> do you also remember so, – so, sorry, but do you also remember the guy that tried to steal uh, the French fries during the Warriors and Raptors game? <laughs> Wait, is this the uh, French fries with the chicken tenders? No. Yeah, yeah, well, there's they someone at the arena, but uh, remember the Raptors fan that was just like obnoxious during Game Six, and I do remember that, and grabbed. He he was like so obnoxious, yelling, and we we were sitting in the media section, and he's yelling at Warriors fans the whole night, he's just being so obnoxious, and then he goes. Whitley had like French fries sitting, and this guy proceeds to come to, in our direction, starts to take the French fries. And uh, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I threw a water bottle at him because I was not liking his attitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the same game that Clay got injured, right? It was. No. Emotions yeah, were high, so I'm, I'm justified yeah. in throwing the water bottle at him. Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely justified. I will tell you an embarrassing moment. I don't know if I should say – I mean, it's not bad. No, um, it's, no, one, no one's listening. Go ahead. It's fine. We got like two viewers. So <laughs> it was after 
<laughs> finals. Um, actually, when we had like a meeting, or we were going to have our digital meeting, and then our bosses and stuff, they had an important meeting with like the Warriors, you know, like I think it was like Joe Lacob um, and several of them. <laughs> this is like not even a week after the finals. And my thing is when like we have our digital calls, you know, I'm really close with everyone I work with. So I hop on and I was obsessed with the what it do baby that Kawhi did. <laughs> yeah. I hop on and no one, they didn't realize that we had two meetings planned at the same time. <laughs> and I hop on, I'm just like, what it do baby? <laughs> and then I hear the Warriors PR guy. And then I hear, and I'm like talking, I'm like, this is Whitley. Can anyone hear me? And, um, Ended up being, I heard our boss say, hey, Raymond, we're going to have to call you back. <laughs> and I felt so bad because that was right after Clay's injury, you know, losing to the Raptors in the finals. And I'm just oh, like, oh, that's great. If you hear my dog, he just jumped. He has a little pig toy. Tupac? <laughs> yeah, Tupac. How's Tupac doing? No, he's good. Just living his best life. Nice. If my back wasn't so bad, I could pick him up. You want to come on? I can't pick him up. <laughs> Right. I'm sure Raymond Ritter's been greeted to worse by Draymond, so it's all good. Right. <laughs> all right. So. All guys. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah! Look at that dog. Oh, there's Tupac. Look at that. <laughs> how old is How old is Tupac? He just turned four. He didn't uh-huh. even know. <laughs> and it's the real Tupac, not a hologram. <laughs> This is the real Tupac. The real Tupac. Okay. Give her the question, Stephen. Sorry. Does he still Sorry. bark all the time? Does, has he gotten better at the barking thing? I remember when you first got him, you you were kind of getting frustrated <laughs> at the whole barking situation. We made it past the worst part, but he's still really hyper, especially when mm-hmm. people come over. He's like crazy, aren't you? Mm-hmm. But it's fine. But you're so cute. Oh, just, but yeah. Cute dog. dog. To the Sorry. two listeners. Can't <laughs> okay, say bye. Bye, Tupac. That so was I, I know we just saw that cute dog, but I have another serious question for you. You have been very vocal on social media in the past year about social justice, and you used to tell us stories about things that you've seen and experienced in Missouri. So, why is that so important to you? Um, for one, like my mom raised me to acknowledge those issues and she when she raised me she made sure you know I remember from probably I was like four or five probably around five like she was like this is an issue especially the small town we lived in um and my sister I won't go too into detail but she had a black boyfriend and anytime they were out together in this town they would get um pulled over for no reason all these different incidents and it, I mean it was just it was just terrible things and I I was really, I was like too young to really remember it, but the KKK was very much still a thing there. And there were times where they would come outside my house. And I remember my mom kind of taking us um, towards the back and was just like, oh, it's nothing, you know, just like plug your ears, whatever. But I mean, racism was and still is very rampant there. So it's been always been something that I've been very passionate about. Um, and also my best friend, she worked for Congress, but her family, I think you guys have met Taylor. Um, but they started the first and only black newspaper in the Central Valley based in Fresno. And so I've got to learn so much from her and, um, yeah, but it's just always been something that I've been aware of just because my mom made sure to instill in me, like, 
this is what goes on. This isn't okay. This is what you can do to help others. Never stay silent. Always speak up. So I've always kind of been like that when it comes nice. to that. Yeah, I, I'd say the the one thing that's, you know, ever since really Colin Kaepernick, you know, was kneeling on the sideline and everything that was happening there, it just feels like it's taken such a long time for that type of stuff to be put on notice, for racism to be put on notice and for the racists to get called out. And I think it's kind of scaring them a little bit. And just seeing everything that happened in, in 2020 – you know, with the pandemic and the NBA taking a stand, the Milwaukee Bucks not even coming out to dress before the game. I mean, there was mm-hmm. hey, there was a lot to happen all at once, but it feels like it's something that, you know, needed to be put on notice because people clearly just, you know, weren't aware of these issues. Mm-mm. And that's the thing I think they need to be put on notice because it, and I mean, it still goes on. I'm sure it does, but it's just like now people feel more comfortable putting it out there and being like, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, 2020, you know, it was such a bad year with the pandemic, this and that. And of course, you know, George Floyd and everything was just absolutely heartbreaking. But at the same time, that's the year that finally stuff started, you know, being brought up and it got everyone's attention. Um, So I try to look at 2020 as being like a year of awakening where people finally just were exposed to stuff that maybe they didn't know about or maybe they chose to ignore. Now they're forced not to ignore. well, now in 2021, we're slowly coming out of the pandemic, um, but there's a new issue that has people up in, you know, an uproar. Uh, vaccination status, and of course, prior to this weekend, it was a big deal with the Warriors. Um, the NBA has made it pretty clear, if you're not vaccinated, you're not playing, especially mm-hmm. in cities such as San Francisco or Brooklyn. And going into the weekend uh, on media day, it was pretty clear that Andrew Wiggins was not going to get vaccinated. And it's a strong stance to take because he would not be able to play in the home games for the Warriors. He would just be able to play on in, in the road games, 41 road games. And um, you think with, you know, a ver- as you said earlier, a very open-minded organization with the Golden State Warriors, especially with their head coach, Steve Kerr, that wasn't going to stand. So things have changed since. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins spoke yesterday. He is vaccinated now. Doesn't sound happy about it, but he is going to do it, or he already did it. What was the feeling like? You were in that media day room. What was the feeling like uh, with the organization and with the writers when it was made known that Andrew Wiggins was not going to do that? I will say Andrew Wiggins is very laid back, and he never gets sassy or anything And during media day, he was just, you could tell this was something he was very passionate about. Anyone who asked him questions, you know, of course, like that's the topic. So people are going to continue to ask him questions. He wouldn't comment on it. Um, Around the organization, though, I will say that one thing with, so you have like Andre and Draymond who are different leaders than Steph and even, you know, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr and Steph, like they're very adamant about getting the vaccine, but they're still good leaders in the way where they're not going to make Wiggins feel bad. Um, You know, they made it known that they think that that's what he needs to do, but no one ever really pushed Wiggins to do it. And that's what he said. Like yesterday he was saying that it was all love in the locker room. I know Draymond spoke out for um, Andre Guadalla. Andre, I was a little bit surprised how supportive he was. But I think they did that, too, because, you know, certain people, certain personality types 
you can't just attack them and expect them to go do these things. So I think with Wiggins, they kind of realized that. Um, and also another, I don't know what this has to do with the vaccine, but Wiggins, his reason for not wanting to get it was he said a couple of years ago, he had a reaction to Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Um, so he tries not to put anything in his body. So maybe he was scared, you know, to put it in his body, but he got it. Um, and that's one thing too, like people are still talking about in the media, like last night, I'm like, you know, what? I'm not going to write anything about this just because he did it. It's over. Like the press conference was a little bit rough. I'm not going to lie, but at least he did it. So. And with Wiggins too, you you know what the perception of was of him was when he came to the Warriors, which was, was, you know, he came from the Timberwolves, doesn't put in much of an effort, isn't committed yeah. to the game, isn't, you know, sorry, my connection is just totally screwed up. Isn't, uh, <laughs> you know, he doesn't care, but like last season, there was that story that came out, you know, where he had a child and still managed to make it to the game the next day, didn't even miss the game. So, I mean, if anything, this just does show how committed to he is just as a person in general, regardless of what the subject matter is. Like the dude, I, I think he's totally changed the, the narrative about himself coming to Golden State. I will say that I never thought I would be defending Andrew Wiggins, not the vaccine stance, but like him as a player, as much as I have, say when all these Ben Simmons rumors were coming up, I want to include Wiggins in a trade because I want to see Wiggins on the floor with Clay. That's one thing I really want to see because I think the spacing is going to be really good. He's going to have so many more opportunities to score. Um, But we also saw last year, Wiggins is a good two-way player. He can score. He needs to be more aggressive. That's one thing, consistently more aggressive. But he can score, and he can play solid defense. And I, Ben Simmons, obviously, he's a playmaker. He's phenomenal on the defensive end. But I just think Wiggins has proven that he can be a two-way player, and we already know I feel like he's going to fit with Steph. And when Clay gets back out there, I feel like he's going to fit with both of them. Um, So, yeah, I've, like – Really changed my stance on Andrew Wiggins, him on the Warriors at first. I'm like, ah, oh, you know. But last year, and also how durable he is. He only mm-hmm. missed one game last year, and that was literally the game that didn't matter before the playing game. Right. Um, so I think it takes pride being able to be out there every single night. And I think, especially in this day and age, in the age of load management, I think that's so, I think that's just such a good thing. And you can't find that everywhere. So I'm here I for know- Andrew Wiggins being on the Warriors. <laughs> Definitely. And I am too. I think he's, you know, very underrated and he brings something to the team um, that they really haven't had since Harrison Barnes. Um, Better version of Harrison Barnes, in my opinion. But uh, just going back to the vaccine, I know that he got it and everything's good now, but you can tell by his demeanor he was not thrilled that he had to take it. And I don't think it's going to be an issue with the team going forward. I think it's just a bigger NBA issue like Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving will have to deal with if they don't decide to get it. But were the Warriors prepared? I don't know if you know this or not. Were they prepared if he was not going to change his mind to go into the season with him just playing at road games? Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, they all said from the beginning at media day, our expectation is we're going to have a full roster and this is going to be our roster. Andrew Wiggins will be there. And I know last season Wiggins, he said that he didn't want to get the vaccine, but if he was forced to, he would end up doing it. And I kind of knew all along that that's probably what it was going to come down to. Now compare that to Kyrie Irving. I don't know if Kyrie will do it. Mm. Um, there is kind of two different, you know, people, personalities. 
But all along, I kind of had that feeling Wiggins would end up doing it because I think the game means too much to him. And he's finally found a home. Like, he loves being with the Warriors, and he doesn't have to be the star. He can kind of, you know, just be a role player, contribute. Um, so I kind of knew all along that he would end up getting it, but he definitely didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, that was clear. Yeah. Got any more vaccination questions, Derek? Or <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Cool. So last night, first preseason game against the Blazers. Okay. Yes. Now, not going to try talk, and draw too much. From the no more vaccine talk. Why? We're talking 69 now, right, Steven? 69 shots. Oh, yeah. 69 threes, baby. <laughs> 69 threes. We're going to get a lot of threes this season. Sorry for my immature interruption there. We're not trying to make too much out of preseason. I understand that. But I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that Jordan Poole could steal Clay Thompson's job before Clay Thompson. (laughs) Okay, no. I started shaking my head. (laughs) I think Jordan Poole is going to – mean a lot to this organization in the future. I'm not going to lie, but I know you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clay no, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm so excited for Jordan Poole this season. I thought last year he was awesome. And he's going to be, he's going to have such a big, gro- sorry, did I interrupt you? Are you good? No, Are my connection's happy? really slow now. So I'm just like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what's happening. I am loving this. I am loving this. <laughs> Um, Jordan Poole, he's going to have such big minutes this season. <laughs> Are you guys trying to get me to have the giggles so that I can't function? <laughs> you know, it happens. Well, you, well, you know, later we'll, we'll, we'll try to get you to giggle more, but go ahead and ask Steven stupid question. <laughs> so Jordan Poole, he's going to have big time minutes this season, especially because Clay, I will put money on it. He's not going to be back until January. And then when he does come back, because the Warriors aren't going to rush him back. And then when he does come back, he's going to be on a heavy minutes restriction. So Jordan Poole, and I think it's just he's going to get this time on the floor with Steph. Um, and he's, I think he's going to be a big part of this team. He has to be if the Warriors want to stay competitive while Clay's out. But Jordan Poole, every single teammate, every single coach always talks about how hard of a worker Jordan Poole is. And it's just funny because his rookie season was two years ago. And Warriors Twitter, you know, they were calling for, oh, my God, what did Bob Myers do? You know, Jordan Poole, everyone hated him. And now it's just he's in the gym working all the time, and it shows. And it's not even just his shot. It's his all-around game. I'm so impressed with his playmaking. One area I know he wants to work on is defense. So I think that's something this year I think he's really going to focus on. But last night, I mean, he was pulling up (laughs) from Dame and Steph range, and I loved it. I loved it. I love Jordan Poole's confidence. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, like guru. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, one more question about media stuff before I get to the basketball talk. Draymond Green. He is very outspoken. He's been a lot more outspoken in the recent years um, since he got, he's gotten paid because um, he's comfortable with the Warriors. But uh, he's definitely spoken out. He had that interview with Kevin Durant where he you know, chastised the organization for how they handled their situation. He also spoke recently at Media Day about how he doesn't think that the way the team is set up in the past has had success for championships. So as a reporter, how entertaining is Draymond Green? Is he entertaining? Do you like that he speaks candidly or has it, has it run its course a little bit? I love it. 
I love Draymond. And the thing is about Draymond too is a lot of, a lot of these players they won't give you honest answers. Draymond, you know, typically you have like 10 questions per player. Draymond, you literally get maybe five because each response is like five to 10 minutes long. But he's very thoughtful and Draymond's very respectful. I remember at first I was like, oh my God, Draymond's going to be a little, you know, mean, whatever. I love Draymond and I love that he speaks his mind. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of Draymond. The only thing is, though, when you find out that he's going to be speaking, I literally have to, like, mark off the rest of my day because <laughs> there's so much content that comes from that one press conference. But, yeah, no, I, I love Draymond. I wonder if the transition from playing in the regular season, you know, not making it into the playoffs, going to the Olympics – I wonder if something's going to change this year because he hasn't taken as much time off because the break after the 2020 season was the longest he'd had off since, you know, 2014 or, or whatever it is. He had a long break there without really having to do much. I'm thinking that this summer playing in the Olympics, staying in shape, I think this is going to benefit him for this season. And that's just kind of the, the warrior optimist in me, Willie. No, I agree. And Draymond's talked about that. And also Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr says his offense, it looks so much better. He's attacking the rim more. He's looking to shoot more. And I mean, even last night, Draymond looked good. And I think playing in the Olympics, that did give him, like, he stayed in shape. Um, but I think that's definitely going to be a benefit to him. The only thing, and maybe you guys are going to talk about this, I do worry about a little bit with the Warriors, their small ball. Obviously, they're known for small ball and they're great at it. But the wear, on t the wear and tear on players, it's real, especially like guys like Draymond who have to defend these big men. Um, I worry a little bit about that, but I think Draymond's in excellent shape. So I think he should be good. So you talked about how you think Clay Thompson won't be back until January. What about James Wiseman and his recovery? Where do you think he plays? That? When do you think he plays this season? It's kind of been weird with James Wiseman. Like... Because, you know, the meniscus, it's not something that usually takes a long time. I know they're being patient and he's like on track with recovery. But Clay, it's been more like where you hear January a lot. I know there are the reports about Christmas. I don't think that's going to happen. And we know it's going to be a home game because Steve Kerr said, Bob Myers said, Clay has to return at home. Um, but James Weisman has been kind of weird. I think they said no jumping until October 15th. I want to say that's what it was. Ooh, um, so I haven't gotten any like indication on when maybe he'll return, which is kind of interesting. Maybe they're trying to keep him out for as much, you know, as long as possible. Cause he's going to be so behind in his development. He missed what two training camps now. Mm -hmm. He had COVID last year, uh, missed two summer leagues. And I feel bad for him. I feel so bad for him. One thing Steve Kerr did mention about James Wiseman like a few months ago when he was watching the playoffs and the finals, he can like, he te text James Wiseman while watching the playoffs. And he's like, I see something so positive in Deandre Ayton. He's like, when I watch him and his development, I think of James Wiseman. I'm like, could you imagine if they could kind of say, take that same development of Wiseman can turn into not exactly Ayton, but you know, something like that. I mean, that'd be incredible. So it, it definitely would be incredible, but sorry to steal your question here, Steven, no, but yeah. Just to follow up on James Wiseman, Fine. It's okay. yes, he has missed two training camps. He will miss time going into the season. How would you grade his time with the Warriors so far? Because he had a so-so season last year. Some would say that the team played better when he wasn't playing, and now he's going to miss some time. 
And he's always been, you know, rumored in trades, whether it's Ben Simmons, whoever else they want to get, Pascal Siakam. He's, his name is always brought up. What do, what do you make of Jay's, James Wiseman's time with the Warriors so far? I mean, it's been underwhelming. But I also feel bad for him just because he hasn't, you know, had all, all that time to develop. Um, and, I mean, he was 19 years when he came into the league. He played I mean, he hardly had any playing time in any real basketball because um, of everything that happened, you know, Memphis. Um, so, I mean, it's been underwhelming. One thing I worry about with James Wiseman is his lack of confidence. It's not there. If you compare him to Jonathan Kaminga, who is 18, I think he's actually going to turn 19 tomorrow, his confidence for a teenager, I'm like, what the heck? But James Wiseman, you can tell he kind of walks around, he's a little slumped over, he's just... I feel like he needs to find that confidence. Because I think the talent's there, but if you don't have that confidence, you're not going to make it in this league. Like, the NBA is brutal, especially with guys, you know, like James Wiseman, who seem a little bit weak. Um, but I, I just think it's going to take some time to develop Wiseman. So, we'll see. I think he's going to be a great player. Now, does he fit into the Warriors, their system? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah. And I know he, how he does. He had a couple of flash moments last year. I mean, I, I go back to the to the I mean, it was a third game, I think. It was against Detroit, where he just goes coast to coast. I think he had a block and then he takes mm-hmm. it back all the way for a dunk. And I'm just like, damn, like this dude, this dude, he could he can show you something. And then, you know, during the season, you're right. And then he got hurt. But I, I think, you know, giving him time is really it's a good thing, but also these first two camps, it's just kind of unfair to you know, properly evaluate who he is as a player yeah. just because, I mean, he hasn't really had much of the time to to train. And by the way, we didn't even mention it. it was like, what, three games with Memphis before all that stupid yeah. stuff with the booster club happened? So, I mean, yeah. it, three it, or it's, two. it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Two or three, whichever one. It wasn't higher than that, though. Yeah, but yeah no, I mean, that's brutal. You spoke about Moody or Kaminga, though, and that was going to be my next question. Now, I was excited for both Kaminga and Moses Moody, too. But it feels like Kaminga has kind of stolen the spotlight now, and it's all on him because the talks about Moses Moody have kind of been put on the back burner. Is that is that how it is, or is that just is my perception wrong? No, it definitely has been like that. And, mm-hmm. of course, I didn't know much about – Kaminga, I watched some of his highlights and stuff, but I didn't watch, you know, the G League Ignite that much. Um, But when I was watching his highlights, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) He definitely, there's just something there. And then watching him during Summer League, I know you can't judge a player off of Summer League, but he just, for one, he has the confidence. He's fearless, and I just can't get over the fact that he's 18 years old. Like, I just, I can't get over that. When I was 18 years old, I was getting ready, you know, I was eating like pizza rolls and throwing my <laughs> life away, throwing my basketball career away. And yeah. he's just so mature and his story, you know, where he's come from, everything that he's overcame. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And I think coming, I mean, I'm not going to overreact like I normally do, but I think that he definitely has a lot of potential, and a lot of talent. I'm way away from 18, but I still love pizza rolls. Oh, I love pizza rolls. Oh, yeah. Pizza rolls. Pizza, pizza like bagel bites are still good. You like those, Steven? Yeah. yeah, I'm a fan. I was like making pasta roni thinking that that was a, you know, delectable <laughs> dinner back when I was 18. You know? Speaking of which, do you know that Eminem opened a restaurant that just serves pasta called Mom's Spaghetti? I saw that. 
in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Whitley, what are your overall thoughts on the Warriors' this upcoming season? They kick things off two weeks from now. They'll go to the Lake Show and have to deal with their whole hubbubaloo of Russell Westbrook and all the old guys that they signed. The Warriors made some moves themselves, you know, with Avery Bradley and uh, uh, Otto Porter Steve's- Jr. Oh, and yep. Nemanja Bialica. There you go. Steven knows it better than me. Bielitsa. Uh, what do you think of yeah. the Warriors this upcoming season, how they stack up against the West, the, the, the rest of the Western Conference? I think that they'll be decent. I'm so reluctant to be like, oh, my God, you know, it's going to be the Warriors from the past because no one has seen this team together for over t- or for two years now because with Clay's injuries. So it's just weird to think that he hasn't been on the floor with Andrew Wiggins yet. I love the new additions, especially Porter Jr. If he can stay healthy, which he looked really good last night. He looks like he's in shape. That's a steal. That signing in the offseason. Um and I think Dub Nation, though, I think they're going to be happy because, like Steve Kerr said last night, they're going to take a lot of threes this year because the floor spacing is going to be so much better. There was no dig on Kelly Oubre Jr., but it was apparent last year that with him, the floor spacing, it was just wasn't there. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And then once Clay comes back, it's going to be a while. I think everyone has to be patient with his return. But that's when Jordan Poole, if he really just steps up and – he makes an impact. I think he'll fill that void while before Clay comes back and when he does come back with the minutes restrictions. So I'm anxious. Like I said, I love small ball, but at the same time, I'm a little concerned about it. Um, just like with the Lakers, too. Lakers are big, but yeah. So we'll see. I think my think biggest. I think the. I think the one thing I'm looking forward to the most, and this is kind of a boring answer, but since Kelly Oubre is gone and. That whole situation with him and the Warriors, trying to find the right fit, trying to fit him in the right lineup, like it, it just, at least when Wiseman was in, it didn't seem to work until Wiseman was out and they moved to small ball. And it's like, oh, Kelly Oubre starts scoring all of a sudden. They might have found a role for him. But now he's gone. He's over in Charlotte. I think I'm wondering, like, what's that second rotation going to look like? Like, what is that, you know, when Steph and Draymond are both out, it's probably going to be Jordan Poole headlining and then, JTA last year, they kept Andrew Wiggins there like to start the second quarter. That's normally when that Mm -hmm. second unit comes in. But I'd say, you know, the starting five is so damn important, but that second unit in the second quarter, there was a lot of times last year where it's just, they got to a point where Steph and Draymond, they couldn't pick up the pieces that were dropped by that second unit. And that's the thing that the Warriors have been lacking the past. I mean, they've been lacking a lot, especially the year before last, but their motto strength in numbers they haven't had that and i think that maybe this year we'll see more of that and jordan Poole last year steve Kerr made it kind of known early on even though they said they were trying to work out a deal with kelly Oubre. i don't think that was ever happening because he said early on where he was like we see jordan Poole coming off the bench as a six man and kelly Oubre, you know later on in the season he moved into that role before he suffered the wrist injury mm-hmm. um so i think having jordan Poole. If, when you have Clay back, Jordan Poole is a sixth man. I think that is going to be incredible. And then I don't know who will come off, you know, after that with that second unit. But uh, I think that's one thing we'll see that we've been missing the past few years is strength in numbers, depth off the bench, mm. floor spacing, ball movement, kind of like the Warriors. I'm not saying the Warriors in 2016, but I think we're going to see more spacing and ball movement like we did back then. Hopefully. 
We've talked so long about the Warriors that we haven't even brought up Steph Curry once. And this uh, upcoming season, we will have a new rule change, the James Harden rule, where it has to be a normal shooting motion in order to get a foul. And it's not really a part of Steph's game. He does it at times, but it's not like he tries to get fouls every play like James Harden does, which is just unbearable to watch at times. Steph has talked about it. He says he doesn't know if it will impact his game. Do you think it will impact his game? I don't think so, but what I do worry about is how consistent they're going to be with it. I mean, if you're going to not make these calls, you have to literally not make these calls. And a couple things I do worry about, too, if because I know the NBA, they've really emphasized that we do not want you to call a foul on these certain plays. Now, but I worry that maybe they'll stop calling foul calls on some of these. They'll be trying too hard. And that's where I worry, because Steph doesn't hardly get any calls anyways. And last yeah. night, the one, the no call... I thought that was great because he did like jump in to to the defender. Um, but for the most part, like Steph, you know, when he's falling back and stuff, it's literally because I think he has to fall back because they're underneath his feet. And he doesn't want to roll his ankle. So I hope that they're consistent with it. Um, I feel like James Harden is a very good actor. <laughs> so I'm anxious to see how they go about officiating him. Uh, Chris Paul, of course, but yeah. I don't think it'll affect Steph's game that much because Steph's never been like a James Harden where he's constantly just like flopping and stepping back. But I hope that they call the correct fouls too. So people aren't getting injured. Steph is also spending so much time around the rim lately. Like that was so impressive to me. Just every single time he was finishing at the hoop, he was just doing things where you kind of just sat back in your couch and you're just like, the hell, like, how are you even, what are you supposed to do to guard that? I, I, I loved it. Loved it. People don't talk about it enough. Like, well, obviously, if you're a Warriors fan, you know what Steph does around the rim, how he can finish. But the casuals, I guess, is what the kids say these days. Uh, <laughs> they the don't. <laughs> they don't appreciate what Steph does. Sheesh, as like, the kids say too. <laughs> sheesh. Oh, sheesh. Or sheesh. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Whatever. I'm, I'm so old now. I don't even know what the hell the kids are saying. Anyway, <laughs> I sorry. Have what to do. Google. You're not old. I have to Stop Google saying you're old. I'm so old. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're <laughs> younger than me. Me? Yeah. Am I? I think so. By like a couple of years. Well, I look really old. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, sorry, were you, were you still answering your question or did I just cut you off there? <laughs> No, I actually forgot. What was, oh, Steph, underrated. Yes, finishing Steph, at the Steph. room. Yeah. I do worry a little bit, though. Of course, can't be like this. You have to play basketball. But sometimes I'm holding my breath like, oh, my God, don't, you know, take a yeah. hard ball or mm-hmm. have someone land on your arm or, you know. But, right. Yeah. Um, Joe Lacob got in trouble for talking about Ben Simmons. But, you know, he, he, he could afford it. Um, can we put that to bed? Because I know that it's a rumor that's going around, and a lot of people think that if there ever was a team that was going to trade for Ben Simmons, it would be the Warriors. But you look at it, and how can he fit on the team? Can he be in a lineup with Draymond, who doesn't score a lot himself? Can we put that to rest, the Ben Simmons to Warriors rumors? I think so. I actually put it to rest uh, around draft night. Because kind of a little source I overheard, um, there wasn't much interest at all. In ben- there was, of course, they have to reach out and inquire about it. But what 
the 76ers were asking for, like, it didn't take long for the Warriors to be like, nah. Now, of course, with Ben Simmons and his, you know, it's kind of going down with him not playing. The 76ers may have to figure something out. So maybe their asking price or what they want, that would go down. But I don't, I don't think that that's something they'll end up doing. But Steph's comments, though, on the podcast a couple weeks ago, they were kind of interesting where he's like, if you're not having those conversations and you're not trying. Um, so I don't know if Steph wants them, but yeah, I don't, I think, I think we can put that to rest. Well, Steph doesn't want him. Maybe we'll hear soon. Yeah, that's true. But Steph wouldn't (laughs) want him at the cost of giving up Draymond because if he had to pick between Draymond and Ben Simmons, he wants Draymond there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that in order yeah. to get Ben that they would have to say goodbye to Draymond? I don't see the fit being there yeah. um, unless they know something I don't. Because the thing is, they're now Ben, he can, you know, if he's at the rim, he can finish more around the rim. We saw, you know, a little whoopsie doopsie or oopsie. What's <laughs> whoopsie doopsie? Oopsie poopsie. Oopsie doopsie. What's the saying? Oopsie doopsie. <laughs> The okie doke? Are you trying to say that? Whoopsie. No, okay. I know. Oopsie doopsie. I made a pudding oopsie. <laughs> oh, whoopsie daisy. What you're trying to say is Ben Simmons pooped his pants. Is that, is that basically what you're getting to? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry about Draymond when he missed the floater. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, In the yeah, playing yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But Draymond, I always say this. I am such a Draymond stan. I will take Draymond over anyone because Ben Simmons, he may be good on, not over anyone, but you know what I mean? Ben yeah. Simmons, he's good on defense. Uh, he is also a playmaker, but Draymond just brings this intensity that you don't get from anyone else. I just don't know what it is, but Draymond, he has such a huge, huge impact on this Warriors team that I think he's valuable. And I think that not everyone sees that, but just like even watching during the Olympics, the impact he had, and he had zero points. And people will be like, what? He didn't do anything? No, his impact, his presence, it's always there. It's always known. Ben Simmons, he's good, but he doesn't bring that intensity that Draymond brings. I think I'm rambling right now. I forget what we were even talking about. (laughs) We were just saying that, I mean, yeah, oopsie poopsie. Uh, Basically, just how it would be hard for Ben Simmons and Draymond to coexist on the floor together. Yeah, Yeah, I don't see the fit being there. I think think that the whole situation with him and KD I I don't know if we get a good enough read on just how strong that relationship is between him and and Kerr and Bob Myers because I I gotta be honest I was shocked when there was just wasn't really any response any any repercussions like there was nothing because all that happened was Draymond Kevin Durant the interview happens and we go crazy for a day then it just gets swept under the rug and what do you know or getting a 20 minute interview from training camp with Draymond. Like that's just, I, I just don't think we're, we're trying to microanalyze it so much. I don't think we understand uh, any of it. Mm-hmm. And they, that's just Draymond. And they've accepted the fact that that's who Draymond is. And mm-hmm. of course, Bob Myers, he's very good about, you know, saying all the right things. Everything's fine. But Bob generally did not seem bothered by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, you know, spoken to Joe Lacob about it, that may be a little different of a situation because I definitely think there was a little bit of tension because I don't know if you saw uh, Draymond during his press conference the other day during training camp, his first day back after he missed the first two practices. And he was, Anthony Slater asked him about it. (laughs) Draymond's face. I about fell on my chair when he was just like, he had to think about it when Anthony Slater's like, so how's the relationship? 
And then he finally answered, and then Slater and him were going back and forth. Um, and then Draymond pretty much asked, well, what do you think our relationship was like after the whole KD incident happened? Of course, I think there's going to be a little bit of friction issues, and then you get over it. So I feel like that's kind of maybe what happened. Maybe there were, was a discussion, and then they got over it. But um, Draymond mm. just has no chill. He has no filter, <laughs> and I love it. Not and the all. thing is, too, when you think about that whole incident, um, that was, like, actually my first year covering it, and I'll never forget all that surrounding it. And I don't think they handle it the best way. I don't think that they should have suspended Draymond. And the thing is, everyone was super quiet about it. No one wanted to talk about it. Bob did the whole, held a whole press conference about it. Um, and I think that Draymond and Katie, I think they were both kind of bothered by the fact that their voices weren't being heard about it. Um, and so I guess I just used that opportunity to unleash <laughs> But I think, I think everything's going to be between ownership and Draymond. That's also not the worst thing Draymond's done to Steve Kerr. If we remember the <laughs> halftime where Draymond didn't want to put his shoes back on in Oklahoma City and basically just screamed at Steve Kerr. They've, they've been through a lot worse together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't lying. <laughs> Whitley, what should I expect? You have now seen Mizzou join the SEC. What should I expect when Texas joins the SEC now for football? I mean... Just bad football. Mizzou, it's been bad football. I yeah. mean, that was the worst thing that they could have done. I mean, they just – they don't have the recruiting power. And lots of these teams who haven't been in the SEC, they don't have that recruiting power. They, you know, these big powerhouses do. And Mizzou, it's been – because I was at Mizzou when they transferred over to the SEC. It's been a long time ago, showing my age. Um, <laughs> Not that long ago. And – of course, everyone then, we were all kind of excited about it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in this big conference. Basketball and basketball has been a little bit better, but it's not yeah. great. Not great. I'm not looking forward to it because I just think that Texas is going to get their ass kicked in the SEC. But probably. We'll see. Yeah, probably. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> Steven, do you have a final question? What's the dad joke you've been rolling with lately? There you go. Always, ah! I was had- hoping you were going to ask. I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna follow up with that if Steve was gonna ask it. Whitley, give us you a good have, dad joke. You always have the dad joke she that you're rolling with. What's the, the queen one of? She's the queen of dad jokes. What do you got, Whitley? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No, I can't do that one right now. That one's not work. Okay. Um, you know me. I have to refocus. Think of it. Uh, what was the one you told Steph Curry? Oh. Oh, wait, I'll tell you this one first. Okay, okay. It. okay. Why did... <laughs> she's she's, she's going to laugh before she tells it to us. That's normal. I've been yeah. waiting to tell this one. I've been alone for <laughs> two years now. <laughs> Although Sam, you guys know Sam Hustis. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, the Warriors, they set us next to each other, and I feel so bad because I tested out all my jet jokes on him. <laughs> and you could tell he was not into it. So shout oh, out God. Sam for listening to me. Okay. One day I'm going to tell a joke without not laughing. Um, Why did did the Tupperware lady escape from jail? Why? (laughs) Because they couldn't contain her. Fantastic, Willie. Oh my god! I 
that one is a hoot. That is like my new favorite one. It's really, it's really sad because that's my new favorite one, and I haven't even told it to anyone. I've just been telling it to myself. God, that's so sad. That's a good one. I, t- I tell you what, they're a lot better than the jokes Brian Ratto tells. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yikes. He loves he loves his jokes. Shout out Brian Ratto. Did, I know it's been a while. It's been a while since we've all seen each other. What was the one you told Steph Curry uh, when you were at that? Wasn't he promoting like some documentary he was doing and you were on the red carpet and you, you said a dad joke to him? Oh, no. So I asked him a dad joke. I'm trying to have a little dad joke competition with Steph Curry eventually. Though. Oh, Can you imagine because he's see, I like him. I like his vibe because he laughs at his own jokes, too. <laughs> So, could have a little back and forth, like shooting off our best dad jokes. But I did try one on Andre Iguodala. Does it smell like up dog in here? (laughs) I do. I do remember that. I do remember that. I died. He was a good sport about it, but he was not. (laughs) Was he confused? I can't remember. I thought he. I thought he. uh, I thought he got you on it. I thought he like actually knew what joke you were going for, and he was just kind of like, "No, you talking about." So he said, I said, does it smell like a dog in here or is it just me? And he goes, I think it's you. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That was yeah. – the- Andre is like sneaky funny. Like he he is really funny. He's hilarious and he's so sarcastic so you never know when he's being like for real or not. Because yeah. the reason I asked him that was because he – I know he loves The Office. I'm an office stan. So I'm like, here's my opportunity. So I was trying to figure out which player I was going to pull it out on. And I'm like, oh, perfect. He loves the office. Get a good kick out of it. <laughs> and then we had this whole back and forth and because then I was like, well, do you watch the office? He's like, yeah, but I'm trying to think how they use that. And then I went off trying to ask another question. And then he goes, oh, what's up, dog? <laughs> 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 Got it. Just let me go crawl in a hole and be embarrassed. <laughs> oh, oh, good times. Good times. Good jokes. Whitley, thank you so much for joining us on this. Thanks for having hey, me. Hey, hey. Oh, no problem. I love, I'm glad your internet started working, Steven. Uh, the internet's not working. I got like a I got oh, like no. a hot spot thing here. And is it is it stopped working now? Is it is no, it no, 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 you're good. You're good. Got it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's been like an hour and a half and you still haven't got a Wi Fi. You got you got a whole situation in your apartment. Well, honestly, dude, like the, the hot spot, if I exit out of it, then or if I try to connect the wi-fi that means i have to exit out of the hotspot, which means oh. i won't be able to do this so no. so theoretically Dilemma. hold on theoretically you could have internet right now and you're just choosing not to know theoretically yeah because i'm dedicated to the show bro all right you know you know what i appreciate it i appreciate it <laughs> steven we gotta have you eat one more wing. Do you want to do it now in front of Whitley, or do you want to say it for I the end of the show? Two, dude, did you not you see the two? second one that I ate? Yeah, I didn't see it. So, Whitley, Whitley, do you know our thing where uh, you like spicy food, right? You're from Missouri. Yeah. You should. Okay, so yeah. every week we pick the NFL games, and the loser has to eat the amount that they lost by. So Steven, <sighs> Steven lost by two, so he has to eat two atomic wings while we do this podcast. How? Dang. It's very it's, juvenile, it's, I know, but it's, it's the most counterproductive, stupid thing. How's it counterproductive? Because I, I eat it at the beginning, then my mouth gets full of saliva. I can't talk. I embarrass myself. <laughs> and also, I always lose by just one or two. So I got to buy like, you know, one or two wings and then end up getting a whole box of them. It's a stupid contest, Whitley. I'm not happy about it. 
Not to mention are they the really Nick- hot, really hot. Oh yeah, they're they're atomic. Yeah, they're, from, they're, uh, they're they're atomic. They're, they're, pretty they're atomic from Wingstop, the official sponsor of this podcast. I got boneless here. I can't. You can't really tell from the camera, but boneless. Yeah. I know. Who the heck is boneless wings? See, it's, it's seventy cent wig day at Wingstop, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though, taking you back to my Missouri roots, um, I got a little freaked out for a long time eating chicken off the bone and mm-hmm. eggs because that was one of my little chores back in the day was I had to go to the chicken coop and get the eggs. And I saw what they looked like when they came out. And then I also saw the whole thing when they killed the chicken and we, you know, yeah. um, so it ruined me from it for a little while, but mm. now you can't eat things without the bone. See, I, know, I don't, I don't tend to, but I'm trying to save some money. <laughs> like, I don't know what how you're going to me for that. They probably no, like they probably give like a face discount now because you go so often now because you lose so much. They probably go, hey, there's hey, there's the three wing guy. I'm getting, I'm really, I'm getting close to the, uh, I'm getting close to, I've gotten this from Taco Bell back in college at Chico. I'm getting really close to the to the familiar head nod, just like what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's happening? The order. Yeah. Not to mention, not to mention, with how spicy they are, Stephen himself the next day after he eats them has like a oopsie poopsie moment. That doesn't need to be discussed. Kind of like hot Cheetos. Yes. Yes. God, they're so tasty, but they're not worth it. I, well, I mean, maybe they are worth it, but yeah, it's a it's a battle the next day. Anyway, <laughs> Whitley, thanks for joining us. <laughs> what a thanks way to end me. This was fun. Oh, that's thanks. great. See you soon, Whitley. Yeah, See you soon. Hopefully, we can all Peace out, A Town. Peace out, A Town. All right, Stephen. That, that was fantastic. And look at you. We all were. Worried that we weren't going to be able to, uh, and I love. I, I, I think Whitley was still like in like the the waiting room with the chat, just listening to us for a little while. Now, now she's gone. Um, you're, you're 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 despite no Wi-Fi, and I thought the show was going to be a shit show, but everything held up. It was fantastic. Everything did hold up. I didn't know you were going to be going so deep into the the questions. I was ready to throw out the pool joke right away with Clay Thompson. I've been keeping that one in the holster ever since last night's game. <laughs> Uh, and then you're just going on asking about the off the court stuff, Derek. I didn't expect that. We need to plan these interviews better. I'm sorry. Maybe you need to actually write some questions down too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, All can, right. you can tell. Yeah, yeah, I can tell a little bit. All right. Before we get out of here, we got to do it. We do it every week. It's time for wins or wangs. Stupid. It's not stupid. Before we do it real quick, Steven, overall thoughts of week three. Week three. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Week three. Uh, I forget what week it is sometimes. Week four in the NFL. We saw the Chiefs rebound, put a beat down on the Eagles, 42 to 30. Uh, Sam Darnold, he's turned into like Cam Newton with how many rushing touchdowns he has. But in the end, the Cowboys win that one. Uh, Saquon wins it in overtime against the Saints. Kind of a still a great game, but kind of a low-scoring affair between the Browns and Vikings. In the end, the Browns win. Justin Fields cuts, uh, has a comeback, or comes back from his poor performance from last week and beats the Lions. And finally, Carson Wentz gets a win. Oh, yeah. There was a wild one against the football team and Falcons. Real quick, Cardinals are really good. They put a beat down on the Rams. It's time to take the Cardinals for, for real. Well, dude, as long as Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are there, plus an, a, a, a guy that not many people are talking about, but Chase Edmonds looks really good. Oh, yeah. Running back. 
He's running oh, yeah. hard, man. So hard. Just, yeah, I do the great like Papa hard. When you get just Kyler Murray scampering around, yeah, scampering. he's got that. He's got that helmet that's just too big for him. But he's just—he's just—he's just able to roll out to the left and fire a rocket. Oh and, yeah. I mean, they've been as consistent as anyone in the NFC, and uh, you know, still quarter undefeated. of the way through the quarter of the way through the season, Derek. Quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, and you check uh, that math. <laughs> and uh, look, man, they look great. I think the Cowboys look fantastic too. The only loss they had was that close to the Bucks. You know, Buccaneers look great. Rams look good. They all look good, man. I, I, I'm not going to draw too much from week four. All I know is, and this is like the one, because with football, it's so hard to say something with conviction, but good God, watching Ben Roethlisberger is the saddest thing on this planet. And yeah. also juxtaposing that well, on, on the Brady. planet. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. In the midst of everything that's happening in 2021, Ben Roethlisberger watching a play. Ben Roethlisberger's football. poor play, homelessness. I, I see. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's I. That's like the one thing is just man. You know, a lot of organizations they may feel like they're in kind of a a, a bad place, and I don't know if that little react or that uh, little interaction between Mike Tomlin and Aaron Rodgers, where I was just about Mike to bring Tom- that up. Mike Tomlin gave him like the, you know, the, 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 yeah, the fighting the, like a couple of old friends. And maybe that's what the reaction was. But I mean, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Pittsburgh, you got to put Pittsburgh atop that AFC next season if that's going to happen. But watching Ben Roethlisberger is just sad. That's like been my way take my main takeaway from these past four weeks. My main takeaway from last week was the Broncos are not as good as I thought they were. And you were right about that. And you really hate them for some reason. Like, hate them. I don't know why. I, I can't stand them. Because you're still a Raiders fan and you still have animosity towards the AFC West. I, now that I'm not as diehard as a Raider fan, I appreciate every team now. Who is the uh, the running back there that 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 continues to make it on a Kyle Brandt's angry runs on Good Morning Football? Uh, oh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. I like watching him run. That's a, it's a, he, he's a good player. But, hey, I, you know, I do have sympathy for them losing their wide receivers, but. I don't know. I'm just not a just not a Broncos guy, not a Denver Broncos guy. Fair enough. And I already went on my uh, soapbox about Bill Belichick at the end of the game with the Brady Bowl. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what the hell Belichick was doing. But in the end, Brady won. And that's what everybody wanted to see. And it was good to see that it it, it was good that we didn't get to see it. Everyone's going to make a fuss about Belichick wanting to, you know, hug Brady really quick and get out of there. But in the end. It was reported that they had a 20-minute private conversation with each other, and that's all that needed to happen. I'm sure they you know, had reminisced and talked about good, the good times, and now they're moving on with their lives, and that's all that matters. I just don't care. I don't care anymore. You know, okay. I don't care about yeah, I don't Tom care Brady. Either, really. I don't care about Belichick. I don't care about their relationship. I was interested in seeing that game, but after all, like Bruce Arian said, Bill Belichick didn't play a snap on the field. So I did not really care. Uh, you got to work on that, Bruce Arians. Uh, it's hard, dude. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Before... What's up? He's a What'd manly guy. It's hard to do an impression when those guys have voices like that, where they're like commanding and, oh, yeah, you know, baby. hey, win or lose, we booze, baby. 
I just, I just, I just, I just steal stuff from Frank Caliendo when it comes to impressions. All right, let's try to do this before the Yankees and Red Sox throw their first pitch in a couple minutes here. Week five, wins or wangs? Who will come out on top and who will spend the next day on the pod? It's time for wins or wangs. Hopefully Steven doesn't have to do this again next week, but then again, I don't want that. Here we go. Thursday night game, and it's a good one, Steven. You can't tell me this game sucks. Rams at Seahawks. Rams at Seahawks going to be a good one. I actually, one of my takeaways from that Seahawks-Niners game is, you know, I was overreacting like crazy, and I'm not going to spend the entire time like I will on this one, uh, like with every game, but I do have to say on this one, I was getting to the point that after that first quarter, and I know this might be overreactionary, but I'm like, the 49ers don't need to beat beat them because they're just within the division, and, you know, this has a lot of implications toward the season. But I'm like, you got to beat them because they're a bad team. Like, they just did not look good. I was convinced that they were a bad team for the first quarter and a half or so because I was watching them. I was like, damn, they just look completely different. Um, so I don't really think they're that great. I think they're good, but not as good as they were in years previous. But I'm gonna, I'm taking the Rams on this one. I'm going to take the Seahawks because I think just everyone's going to beat each other up in the NFC West. And you're right, the Seahawks may be the worst team in the NFC West, but that's not saying a lot. By the way, Alex Collins looking like the scatback version of Marshawn Lynch with the dreads. I'm liking it. He's always been that toe tapper, though. Ever since uh, you know it came out that he's like the Irish dancer guy, and that's how oh, he trains. He? Oh, yeah, nice. that's why he did that little dance at the end in the end zone. I didn't even see that. The celebration. Watch it again. You'll see he does a little like Irish tap oh, yeah. dance, Michael Flatley kind of thing, like Chad Johnson did back in the day. Little uh, river dance. Yeah. Yeah, except his was a little more not Chad Johnson's, but Alex Collins was like a little more realistic because you're you're like, oh, that's that's kind of random. You know a lot about uh, dancing, huh? Yeah, I know about Michael Flatley. It's weird. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, then the game in merry old London. Steven, you know about London. <laughs> the Jets at the Falcons. I'm sorry I offended you right there and your entire family. Who are you taking in the thriller Jets at the Falcons? Tyrod Taylor's not back, right? Tyrod Taylor doesn't. I'm saying Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor plays for the Texans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Tyrod Tyrod Taylor's going to be there for the Texans, right? It's Texans Jags. No, I said Jets Falcons. Oh, Jesus! I'm... Your connect your connection's terrible. You're, you're hearing things that aren't there, dude. I'm tired. I've been up since three, and you know. All I'm right, we'll end this. We'll, we'll end this quickly. Nap. Jets Falcons. Uh, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one. I'm taking the Falcons as well. Lions and Vikings. Yeah, I know. Poor England. They always get the uh, shittiest games. I'm taking the Vikings. Taking the Vikings? Yeah, Vikings. Vikings. Okay, all right. Uh, Saints at the football team. Saints had a letdown last week, and the football team came back to win their game. Mm, You know, I think that the – since the Washington football team hasn't lived up to their potential that they can on defense, I think they could do it against the Saints team. I'm going to take Washington with that one. Ooh, I'm going to take the Saints, baby. Mm. Little little pick me up from last week. Patriots yeah. at the Texans. Patriots taking the Patriots. Unless Tyrod well. Taylor's not, unless Tyrod Taylor's starting, then I might really? change my opinion. Yeah, because Davis Mills is just that bad. Tyrod Taylor looked okay. Yeah, but do you? I mean, against the Patriots though, you like Tyrod Taylor against the Patriots? Yeah, whatever. Go Patriots though. All right, Patriots. We got, we got that there. All right, Packers at the Bengals. Both three and one. Packers. Taking the Packers as well. 
Dolphins at the Bucks. <laughs> Bucks. I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I think Tom Brady will struggle against Brian Flores' defense. And you might think I'm crazy, but I think Jacoby Brissett could do enough to win this game. The Buccaneers' defense hasn't been that solid this year, especially the secondary. You can pick on Richard Sherman. Not looking good at number five. I'm taking the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you laugh now, Steven. Laugh next week when you're choking on that chicken bone, hopefully with a bone in it. <laughs> All right. Broncos and the Steelers. <laughs> I know that was kind of redundant. Chicken bone with the bone in it. Um. Oh God! I guess I have to take the. Oh. I'm gonna go with the Steelers on that one, actually. Even yeah, with Ben Roethlisberger, I know, but the injuries that happened to the Broncos and they're just that bad with Drew Locke. And I don't know yeah. if Bridgewater's coming back. I think he's still in concussion protocol. Yeah, or... I, think, I think he is. Yeah, so I, I'll take the Steelers on that one. I'm taking the Steelers as well. Eagles at the Panthers. Mm, ooh, that's actually a good matchup. Yeah. Panthers are good, though. Gave Dallas a fight. Yeah. The Eagles didn't look good against the Chiefs. And yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a really close one, but I'm going to take the pack or the Panthers on that. I'll take Panthers as well. Titans at the Jaguars. Will Urban Meyer be the head coach by this Sunday? Oh, my God. Let's talk about that real quick. Urban, what are you doing, buddy? What are you doing? You're at a bar when your team loses. You don't go back with the team on the flight back. You're caught on camera with a young girl that's not your wife sitting on your lap. You also have a video shown of uh, him putting his fingers up the woman's butt. And it uh, doesn't look good for old uh, Irby Meyer there. But I'll take the what, title. Do you, think you, were, you, you, think you, were, you think you were treading a line there by saying that? <laughs> I can't put my two fingers on it, Stephen. There's one word that I'm going to use to describe Urban Meyer. Slimy. He's just a slimy guy. But yet satisfying? No. <laughs> just the entire organization, dude. What are the Jaguars doing? I feel so bad for Trevor Lawrence. Everything top to bottom. And, and here's what's going to happen. They're going to have the Nickelodeon wild card game, whatever it is, the playoffs. And instead of slime, you know what they're going to do? They're going to dump a bunch of pictures of Urban Meyer on whoever's getting slimed. Because that guy's a slime ball, dude. Yeah, the broadcast with Nate Burleson and uh, Ian Eagle's son will be, oh, look at all that slime. Sorry, that's not slime. That's Urban Meyer's DNA. That's Noah Eagle to you. Noah Eagle. I'm jealous of him. He's younger than me. Moving on. Dude, Brown, he's, so, he's good. He's very good. He's like, he's like 25 years old. I know, Steven. I know he's 25 and he's fantastic and I hate him. Moving on. You didn't, Brian, give, him, you didn't give him a pick. Oh, sorry. Who, who are you taking? Titans. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Browns at Chargers. Mm, that's another good matchup. The Browns, <laughs> dude, hey, there's... We've had enough of a sample size now. There's something there to that game plan with OBJ on the field. You know, the past couple of games, Baker hasn't looked the same with OBJ back. Yeah, threw, overthrew gonna, him terribly when he had a wide-open touchdown for him. He's just staring at him, dude. He's not, yeah. like, looking all over the field and doing what Baker normally does. I don't see that being a change this week. Who was the other – I mean, who's the other team that you're talking about here again? Chargers. God, I'm sorry. I need to be better. Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers here. Yeah. I think the Chargers on a short week will uh, – the, the the Browns' defense is, is legit. The Browns' defense is legit. I wonder if Miles Garrett will be lined up against Rashawn Slater and struggle. Um, Rashawn Slater, that is. I'm going to take the Browns here. Did you see that 
thing on Twitter that Miles Garrett posted where, you know, he posted a picture of himself with a cut sleeve shirt off and then he yeah, said they, they uh, tested him after. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, you realize why, right? Yeah, he's ripped. Look at your arms, bro. You are he is unbelievably ripped. There's like a I do want to see like a five on five game with edge rushers, five on five basketball that is. And I just want to see it all with those unbelievably athletic, huge edge rushers. So Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt will involve Max Crosby in that. Any of these other edge rushers that can get involved, a five-on-five basketball game. Did you say Khalil Mack? And Khalil Mack. There's another one there, yeah. You're you're like these Raider fans that are overthinking Khalil Mack and putting Max Crosby ahead of him. And a five-on-five? I don't see Max Crosby in that. You don't? No, I'd rather see Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, and Chandler Jones. Those are the five best pass rushers, in my opinion. TJ Watt, honorable mention. Okay. That's just me, baby. Speaking of Khalil Mack, he's facing off against the Raiders this time at the Raiders stadium. It's not the one that he played in, but it's the Bears at the Raiders. Do the Raiders rebound after their stinker yesterday? I think they do. Okay. Yeah. I'll say the Raiders beat the Bears and, you know, Justin Fields. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the cornerback situation is going to look like because every single quarterback was just going down for the Raiders that last game, but I'll take the Raiders in that one. I'll take the Raiders as well, even though I think Khalil Mack will make life hell for uh, Alex Leatherwood, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But I think in the end, they'll do some quick passes and maybe some runs. Get the running game going with Josh Jacobs. I'll take the Raiders in that one. Uh, Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys are very good this year. They have been. Cowboys. Niners at Cardinals. We don't know who's playing quarterback for the Niners yet, but I don't think it really matters. I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals too. Although, if the Niners do win, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. It's just that's how that's just how weird football is. The Cardinals look like the most consistent team in the NFL right now, going undefeated. We can no longer play undefeated or schmundefeated anymore. But <laughs> that was I'd a great say right too. now. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, but I, I'm i going to take the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers won. Okay. Uh, Sunday night, Bills at Chiefs. I'm going to take the Bills. Ooh, I like it. I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think this is the get-right game for the Chiefs. They got right last week, but this will put them back at 3-2, and two, above 500. I'll take the Chiefs here. Five different, Steven. I think that's a record. And that, that red zone play, man, with Travis Kelsey pull, pulling the longest yard where he's acting all confused about the play. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Then Mahomes just snaps it and shovel passes it. It's like, that's just next level. That makes it fun. That's Andy Reid, man. Yeah. Uh, last game on the docket for, the, for week five, Colts at Ravens. I don't know if I can pick Carson Wentz this week. I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, you got to take the Ravens with this one. All right. Well, we got five different, Steven. That's uh, the biggest we've ever had. There we go. It, it may go terribly in your favor. Yeah, dude. So they gave me like eight atomic wings, and I still have like a bigger box of original hot because I could get 10 of them, and Ooh. I got original hot too. So it might have uh, helped your boy out a little bit here, and I only paid nine bucks for these. See, you're getting deals because you're going every week. It's so annoying. Now I got to figure out everything else with my 
apartment that's wrong with it right now. Well, Stephen, <laughs> we had a guest. It was, you know, we were wondering if we were going to be on the air moments before we started this uh, live stream. We got through it. I'm proud of you. We learned that you're able to, you know, we have a little delay, but we're able to get through it with your, uh, you know, doing the, the phone stuff. And who knows? Maybe your Wi-Fi is back on right now while we're speaking. But you gutted it out, and I'm proud of you, Stephen. We got through this one together. I appreciate you, Derek. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> I can tell the sincerity in your voice. So uh, next week, there's yeah. going to be a Formula One race this weekend. I'm going to recap it in next week's pod, and I'm going to try and get you interested in Formula One. Well, if that don't tease you for next week, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what will. We'll also talk about, uh, I'll give my review of the Sopranos movie. I'll do it right now. They don't say Gabagool once. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Do they say, you're doing too fucking much? At times. But you know what? It wasn't really like needed, but it, it was still a solid movie. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Ted Lasso. Where's that and where, where's that going? Uh, Dave Chappelle's coming out with a new special this week. I think it's coming out today. I'm going to watch it later tonight. Should be funny. And we'll talk about, uh, you're British. You like James Bond, right? Yeah, but I'm, I don't know if, how quickly I'm going to see that, so don't tease that just yet. Jesus. All right, fine. We'll hold off on that. I don't even know if I'll get to the theater in time to see that as well. But we'll have plenty to talk about and plenty more laughs. So, Stephen, say it, baby. That's just our opinion. Man. Right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.